Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, and I'm cartoonishly making my voice sound excited because it is 3.30 a.m. on Thursday morning, and I'm having a hell of a time with technology. It's not your problem, but um, apologies if my voice is uh, a, a little sleepier than usual. Most, I already recorded the majority of the episode, but I just wanted to do a quick, quick intro. Apologize to you. Um, for any issues you're having with my content and expectations of it, it usually my podcast comes out Wednesday evening. It's uh, Thursday at three in the morning. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm like my own in-house AV club. My husband's like, you're always just like buried in like cords and like connecting things and like on the phone. I mean, you know, like in nineties um, sitcoms, like the nerds with the pocket protectors and the broken taped glasses. We're always in like the audio visual club. Also, can they afford new glasses? Also, if their clothes are nice enough to protect the pocket from the pen in your pocket, you should be able to get new glasses and not have to tape them. Also, you shouldn't have to use white tape. Use black electric tape, right? If you use if, and also, what a glorification of bullies, you know? Like, it's, isn't it so weird that in the 90s you were like, that's so hot that Zach Morris dehumanizes people and breaks their glasses and, like, kicks their chair out from under them? Like, ugh, what a smoke show. Take me to the sock hop. Uh, anyway, not the point. So what I decided to do... A, I'm, I had a, a, I was having a hell of a time uploading the episode, and the problem with that is then, if then if like, I'm having issues, it's not working, and I have the opportunity to tweak the file. And I'm trying to compress it, then I'll rethink it. And what I realized is, you guys took the time to fill out this survey. It's not that I think it's like it's going to change the world. It's like not. It's nothing that crazy. It's just like helpful context and. Um, instead of like skim over it and then spend the majority of the episode like telling you my thoughts and theories, I thought, well, let's have a, just an episode that completely breaks out the survey results entirely. I'll share as much as I can. I don't care that it's two hours and 50, 15 minutes long. No, you know, you're here at will. Save it for later if you want to. Um, but, you know, share as much as my Internet will let me upload. And uh, then I'll have a third piece, you know, that's just kind of I've already recorded it. So um where I just like share more of my experience, um, you know, in terms of uh, getting closer to the sun, if you will. While I don't consider myself a career influencer because of the way I monetize my Instagram, it's off of nominal affiliate links and I don't actually profit very much off of you at all. And I do think the job of somebody that profits off of you is a little bit different than somebody like me who's there to entertain and have it be ancillary to their income and not primarily their income. And that's also why I feel a bit of license to talk about influencers, talk about snoring so loudly. I, I like... <laughs> Hey, bud. Um, sorry you're so bored by this content. Jeez. Tough crowd. And given that, you know, a lot of influencers do listen to this podcast, and I hope listen to this episode, instead of forcing, like, if I was like, let me tell you why I think people hate influencers. And like, I, I literally have a full diatribe. Like, I've really thought this through. But I sometimes am like, okay, if I promise something, I need to just do that thing and separate out my thoughts. I try to listen to feedback. Uh, so, yeah. Therefore, if you're here and you just want to hear the results of over a thousand people on how influencers behave, awesome. And uh, if you want to hear, you know, some of the juice, some of the scoop, how much money do I make off Instagram? Why I think people don't like influencers, how podcasts are monetized. You know, I love inside baseball. I like a producer's cut, but I've learned that a lot of people actually don't. And they're like, we want you to entertain us, but not like tell us how the sausage is made, which is hard for me because before I knew how the sausage was made, it's all I wanted to know. So I just project that onto you guys. Uh, anyway, okay. So anyways, how are you guys? What, what's new? I, I'm, I'm not having a good week. I'm not going to lie. I thought I had hit my stride, but now I realize my stride was a, a raging case of denial. And um, now I'm just like, 
I'm frustrated for different reasons, though. Like the first six weeks, I was like so frustrated with like the loss of income and the work stuff that, you know, everybody feels that. But now it's like as other places open up and as we stay just as closed down as ever, our shelter in place was extended till May 31st. The government like now the governor's talking about phases and the next phase doesn't even include restaurants. I'm worried for the local businesses. I'm worried like. I'm worried for so many things and including my sanity, um, just in terms of being in this box in the sky with three megabits per second internet, if that helps you understand my consistency issues and why I'm so, so apologetic. Like I really do feel bad. I just am not, I, I don't have access to the studio. I'm not working under normal circumstances for a person that has to work from home. Um, and my hotspot got capped out because I use too much data. <laughs> um, so I don't say that to make excuses. Just, I hope you understand we're all doing the best we can. And um, yeah, I, I think the first six weeks I was like, OK, I'm really frustrated by the loss of income. And now I'm really frustrated that like everyone else is opening up. I'm we're not. And even the people that aren't opened up, they're still out and about. And my frustration with that is kind of just like my anger toward, and you know, I'm angry at myself for not leaving when I could have. And also, I think there's is a special form of torture. Like all I ever want is time. And I, I, I so long for that. Um, agenda-free, omnipotent uh, excuse of childhood to just exist without agenda and to spend time with people and to not have the looming end of that quality time be, you know, nearing. And I haven't lived near my family since 2005. And all I ever want is stress-free time with my family. And I say stress-free because when you're self-employed and you take a lot of time off and like I go camp out at my parents, it is a little hard because there's nobody else to do my job. And I always feel a lot of pressure to like, get things done and like, okay, I'll relax once I have X, Y, Z done. And then I never go down there as much. And I don't know. I'm just like really frustrated because all you ever want is idle time and to be given idle time, but no access to the people that would make you cherish the time. It makes you resent the time. And if I had, the, if I could work efficiently, that'd be cool. But that's been an issue. And yeah, just to tell you where I'm at. I don't, Again, don't want to complain. If anything, I don't want this episode to make people paranoid about how they act. I just want you to tell people exactly how you feel and mean it. And the people that understand you will understand you and the people off put by it, you know, let them go. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I hope you guys are okay. I love you. I see you. I hear you. For those of you, you know, that are doing this in isolation, God bless. Uh, for those of you that or in long distance relationships of aging parents of people on the front lines. Like this is so hard for all of us in different ways. And like, I think that since it's been going on for so long, we're not having that conversation as much and it's just like a new normal. But I just wanted to tell you that it still feels very far from normal to me. And uh, it's okay if you don't feel that way either. And to look out for your own mental health first and foremost, because I'm having to do the same, even with how much I'm like getting on stuff and interacting is just de-energizing and affecting me in ways it does more deeply than it usually does. And I think I need to listen to that and not just like, I don't know. I definitely get in like the, this is what I signed up for mentality, but like also I signed up to be like a human being first and need to probably be careful about the things that like get me down. And, um, yeah, it's just been interesting. So I'm having a bit of a week. I'll be fine. I'm very lucky. I, I, um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy my husband's company, perhaps now more than ever. And I feel grateful for that. Um, he looks hot with a beard. I've been creeping. Uh, I look so much. I look measurably worse. He just gets better with quarantine. It's really frustrating. But alas, that is I, that's what happens when you spend a lot of time and money on your upkeep. He doesn't. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> 
I've just realized that who I am is a person that only cares about my appearance when people are watching. And I just have to be comfortable with that. <laughs> an outfit's only as good as the people that see it. And if my husband doesn't care about fashion, I'm not going to waste it on him. I just can't wait to go out and like live my best life and take a bath of Tom Ford Black Orchid, put on a red lip, uh, probably a season-inappropriate leather pant because I'm mad to miss the tail end of leather pants season, sit in a deep booth in a dark corner and drink a shit ton of red wine, like carafes. Solve all the world's problems and maybe even go crazy and, and get an entree. The Kennedys are not an entree, people. We get a salad. We get a sandwich. We get an app or two. We, 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 we get everything uh, outside of the primi piatti, if you will. <laughs> I'm, like, astounded when I go out to dinner and I'm like, oh, my God, you're getting the chicken? That's, like, $30. If I'm lucky, I'll have too much wine and be like, let's go out and then go to, like, a karaoke place. Have a weird, almost regrettable song sung at 2 a.m. Maybe I hop on stage with a stranger, go home, all in a good night's work. What a dream, what a life. Something to look forward to, at the very least. Um, that's okay, we're on the up and up. I've, I've been doing a gratitude journal. Maybe in the Facebook group we should start sharing three things we're grateful for. It's been really helping me, but the problem is the only thing on my list today are three things. One is box mac and cheese, but it has a caveat because it's Annie's, and I don't really want the organic kind. I want a Tony Montana cocaine desk of radioactive orange craft powder and i have like more of a white cheddar situation going on without all of the good preservatives that really give that a, you know a little pep in it stuff i also have down cream soda the unsung hero hero of um of uh sweet soft drinks i fear root beer has just eclipsed any of its potential to really shine when i'd argue it actually does taste better perhaps it's less universal perhaps it's the word cream Perhaps it's Dr. Brown that's going around town at Whole Foods trying to like put stevia in sodas. And it's like, Dr. Brown, we need high fructose corn syrup. I'm just, I, I, like anybody who's trying to project a fitness or health regime onto me, I'm just like, go away. Like, it's just not the time. Like I, like I'm fully back in the nineties food pyramid where I thought the bottom, the grains, the wheat, they said cereal. It was like, have six servings of this a day. And I'm like, okie doke, six servings of cap and crunch it is. When I'm not doing great, I regress to a childlike state of appetite. And it's not about like binge eating or anything. It's just like I really crave like really simple consumer packaged goods foods. And that's where I am. Um, and I know it's not clean eating, but it is certainly cleaning out the system uh, from sorrow when I'm eating it. And I feel much better afterward. Also, like you guys remember dairy? It's awesome. I've been eating a lot of dairy. Uh I just like milk's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, I'm so sleep deprived. Um, but yeah, like Greg and I, we're like laughing. We're like, have you heard of this like, ice cream thing? Like, it's great. I think we don't buy a lot of snack food and dessert food because we don't, we're not huge sweet tooth. And like, we just didn't indulge in a lot of these things before because we eat out so much. But now that we're eating in, I feel like we're developing the worst habits but strangely, I feel like we don't feel like sluggish. I, I, I don't know. It's, I think that the thermodynamics of my stress is so high. I'm probably burning cows. I'm not too worried about it. I don't think any of us should be. Uh, if Nobody cares what you look like coming out of this. You're perfect the way you are. All I care about is uh, your company and what you have to say and just being around wonderful people. I just, you know, appearances aside, that's what's ultimately going to matter. Just don't let anybody pressure you into thinking you need to, like, look or be a certain way. It's like, just take care of yourself emotionally. Take care of your mental health. My God, I need to do the same. Clearly, <laughs> I'm losing it. Oh, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, freaking Dr. Brown. That guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> do you guys know what soda I'm talking about, though? It's, like, exclusively at Whole Foods and, like, delicatessens. Like, the, you think that Whole Foods private label... 
you know, it would be better than like a great value or a Kirkland because it's Whole Foods and it's higher price. But the problem is, is that Whole Foods private label stuff take all the good stuff out of things. Oh, the Whole Foods soda aisle is, is a truly depressing place to be. And none of it tastes good. And I know I'm, I, but I'm not like a seltzer drinker. I like, I, I need flavor. And like, I'll fuck with some Virgil's cream soda. Oh my God, that stuff's so good. And they do sell that at Whole Foods. But I just don't have time for stevia infused soda. Um, <laughs> sorry. This is not a hill I actually even want to die on and really not one I should be climbing verbally right now. So we'll move on. There was a third thing on my gratitude journal, but I think, oh, it's a tangent I go into on the next episode about the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. It starts with Cruel Intentions and it ends with Smokey the Bear. You know, what an exciting thing to look forward to. Uh, and also, I just want to tell you some things I'm enjoying in the interest of, um, you know, trying to add more value, because I do think this episode is informative, but it's a little frustrating because it's kind of like you can't really win and there's not really a straightforward answer. But if you want to hear what, how people define nuance, awesome. Um, I don't want influencers feeling discouraged or de-energized. I don't want consumers feeling like annoyed that they weren't heard or, you know, their side of it wasn't shown. And I just want to have a conversation as friends and shoot the shit. And like, I wanted to tell you in a more meaningful, high quantity way, the way people are feeling about influence in the time of COVID-19. But then I realized my conversation about influencers in general and like payment structures was a little independent of this and not specific to COVID-19. So I separated it out and I ended up talking through the survey results longer. So you could hear more of them if you want. And if it's too long, just listen to the first hour. I don't care. Leftovers, you know. Um, but yeah, before we get to the survey, uh, I just wanted to tell you that I really liked Little Fires Everywhere. <laughs> I loved the Parks and Rec reunion. Um, I cried what, listening to Little Sebastian on Zoom. I'm trying to watch normal people, but I'm just not feeling the fire everyone else is. Um, uh, when I can't, when my husband and I are like trying to like laugh or feel good before bed, we watch um, a Reddit thread called Contagious Laughter. It's usually just like babies falling, but it always makes me laugh. And sometimes I just think we need to have, you know, completely mindless uh, sources of joy. Also go to my Instagram highlight, uh, Rainy Day. It is a true compilation of my favorite things that make me laugh without fail. Uh, my recorder game, I am sharpening my saw. I'm sure you'll see the fruits of that labor shortly. Um, and lastly, oh, I love Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz's special on Netflix. It's a they're, it's an improv special. I think it's really interesting. I love watching people who are quick on their feet, even though improv is inherently imperfect. And if you're not watching 90 Day Fiance, run don't walk your the whole family will love it my it's one of the few shows my husband will watch um with me in terms of reality and it is just like um it's um it's unbelievable watch 90 day fiance before the 90 days if you want to start from the beginning start with season one i would start with that over the regular series 90 day fiance before the 90 days otherwise uh just do this season because it's wildly entertaining you can find it on like tlc and hulu um and lastly I thought the Married at First Sight reunion special last week that went through all the couples in the history of time was so fascinating. And they finally addressed that Dr. Jessica married a contestant. Ugh, that bitch. Um, and the way she talked, ugh, the way she talked to Molly during the, okay, this is insular. Sorry. Uh, not a TV recap show. Moving on to the survey. Love you. Thanks for letting me ramble for 10 minutes. Sometimes I just need to warm up and shoot the shit in an otherwise kind of serious topic. And it helps me out tremendously. And, uh, oh, lastly, we have a sponsor this week and you guys like it is, I, they're dropping like five. I'm so grateful that this company is relevant right now and I'm, I appreciate them. So we'll thank them. Then we'll move into the survey. I'll talk through it for almost two hours. And then if you want to listen to more of me talk, I'll put up that episode later. Okay. Our sponsor this week, it's liquid IV. I drink it every single day. Uh, I, it's, I don't know. I'm, I have a long history of not drinking enough water and this has been quite transformational for me. It's, 
An easy, healthy solution for dehydration, one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you faster and more efficiently than water alone. Each serving provides as much hydration as two to three bottles of water, plus vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. I don't really know what that does, but I do know that rich people get shots of it or like get an IV with it. And this, oh, look, at <laughs> I walked into that. This is a liquid IV. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, that's how you should think about it. Um, so yeah, if you're dehydrated, try liquid IV. It's the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Has more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. I know some people call those sugar sticks, but I disagree. Fruit is fruit, you know? Uh, let's just enjoy things in life that taste good like a banana. Um, one of the things I love the most too, they're on a mission to change the world. They've donated 2.3 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food, food banks, veterans, and active military. And I love this and I want to support companies that are socially responsible and um also it's a way to like help people with their energy and immunity and um i don't know it's i i just don't think you can go wrong trying to promote good hydration since like you guys know like i'm i'm such a science buff like obviously this is a super sciencey podcast um but i'd always try to find different things to tell you about uh my sponsors and i've never really talked about their cellular transport technology it's the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium to deliver water and nutrients into the bloodstream, which I thought was really interesting in terms of how it hydrates quickly and effectively, um, more so than water alone. But anyway, if you guys want to support the podcast and support Liquid IV, that would be so awesome. I am—I honestly sit here with a huge cup, my Britney Spears piece of me a concert cup, a glitter cup, a little different from Jessica Simpson, so I wish it wasn't. And uh, I drink Liquid IV every day, and it's um, definitely making me feel like. In between all of the cereal I'm eating, I'm at least getting in some good nutrients. It's available nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, and Costco. You can get 25% off, though, if you go to liquidiv.com and use code BETHERE in 5 at checkout. That's 25% off anything when you order and use promo code BETHERE in 5 at liquidiv.com. And that's how the show is spelled. So you get better hydration at liquidiv.com, promo code BETHERE in 5, F-I-V-E, not the number 5. And you can also find them nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, or Costco. Thank you to Liquid IV for supporting my hydration and my podcast during this trying time. <laughs> okay, now onto the survey. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm an authority or a genius. The survey isn't anything that revolutionary. I just, I wanted to give um, space for you guys to be heard, to talk about some of our complaints. All people ever tell us is that we can't complain because these are real people and blah, 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 but they're profiting off of us. And I think we should be allowed to talk. And the great thing about this survey is that, like, I, I firmly, firmly believe in not being mean-spirited. And I firmly believe in, um, you know, not having unproductive chatter about why you vaguely dislike somebody for no reason. Like, I want people to have a point and I don't want it to be targeted. And what I think is great about this survey is it kind of strips the humor and hyperbole and entertainment factor from the way people provide feedback in terms of like forums and stuff that makes it unusable to the influencer and maybe write it off as being like trollish, even if it's not. But I think you guys like really just gave me like well thought out, interesting feedback that I wanted to read and breathe life into. And I don't know if this is going to be a helpful episode, but I just thought it would be something different. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to do it. It doesn't comply with market research best practices as a former market researcher. I do want to clarify that um, I did not do proper survey design by any stretch. And while this is not statistically significant data that I can present to you with any sort of confidence interval, it is indeed directional data that will give you an idea of what a critical mass of people as it relates to my following are thinking and feeling as it relates to influence during the time of COVID-19. 
Uh, the first question was, how do you want influencers and influencers content to shift in response to a crisis like COVID-19? And the possible responses were, well, also, OK, as soon as I can, I'm so, <laughs> I'm going to put these charts on like the be, at be there and five podcast Instagram accounts. You can look at them. It's nothing that crazy. They're pretty straightforward. The verbatims are what are far more complicated. But if you want to see the baseline pie charts, I'll share them with you. Um, and the answers that the, the answers I provided were no change. I want an entertaining escape. A balance. Uh, they acknowledge the news, but also maintain business as usual or a complete change in tone. Content becomes primarily focused on the issue at hand. I also included others to capture verbatim responses because I knew I would. And I know not everything fits cleanly into those categories. This is why survey designs, you know, not perfect. But actually, 89.5% of people said they want a balance. People that acknowledge the news, but also maintain business as usual. What I was trying to capture are the extremities. I feel like online and a general tone I've been seeing, especially with the doom and gloom of like the, the end of the influence. Do people like think that they should not even be posting? Like, oh, where, where, where are we on the, in this? Because to me, it's like, well, I'm on my phone more than ever. I want them around. But some people seem to not. And I was just like, OK, how does my audience feel about this? But only 4.7 of you, 4.7 percent of you said, I want a complete change in tone. Content com becomes primarily focused on the issue at hand. And 2.7% said, no change. I want an entertaining escape. And then I'll read to you what people said for um, kind of like the caveat to the balance. Because the, the thing you'll find over and over with this survey is that it's always a little bit in between. And it's always a little bit subjective. But if we can provide more clarity on it, let's try. So in regards to where people want them, okay, so almost 90% say they just want a balance. Like they need an acknowledgement. But they don't need an entire tonal shift. What does that mean? So here's some examples. Uh, a balance, but I don't want them offering up medical advice. As a nurse, this is highly offensive. If they share content, it should be founded in facts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, trivial issues don't matter. Like, sorry you can't travel for free with Revolve right now, but people are dying. If you're sharing that a loved one is dealing with the virus, that you have friends getting laid off, if you have professional medical knowledge, don't want any Wikipedia warriors, or pertinent experience and help for people getting laid off, that is good content for coronavirus. Um, I think if you have strong feelings about someone being out of touch, then you should unfollow them. I follow certain people because their lives are aspirational, but if it's affecting my mental health, comparison, jealousy, anger, disappointment, then it is my responsibility to unfollow them. I don't follow fashion bloggers for medical advice. Wait, you don't? Should I? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, nor do I think we should hold them to a standard they aren't. Yes, when having a platform and influence, it's important to use it well, but we as consumers need to be in charge of what we consume. I could not agree more. That's a great, well-written answer that I love. I wish I felt that, like, I think we all know that. And I think it's so important to remind ourselves of that. Um, and I'll talk more in the defense of influencers on the next episode. Uh, but yes, this is more about us complaining. And I'm not trying to do so unproductively just because I think, you know, it's fine too sometimes. But I think that that is the above all else important thing to remember is that we actually have all the control and we can't spend too much time trying to control what they do. But if it's present in our day to day, like, let's talk about it. How can we improve? I think that this this is like a tricky thing because a lot of these answers actually relate to the next question, but people hadn't gotten to the question yet. So sorry if there's overlap, because like the top the topic I'll spend the most time on is like, well, how do you define out of touch? Because I'm genuinely curious. Because I think that is just so wildly subjective. Um, but this is more like, you know, how do you want content to shift, which is kind of asking the same question. Again, not great survey design. So um, anyway, 
this is an interesting way to put it. I totally get this, but I also understand how this could sound confusing. That you want it to be business as usual, like you want it to be usual business, but in the time of Corona. So it's like, yes, business as usual, but also doing do your usual business relative to the situation at hand. Um, and it's probably the best way to put it. Um, this person said, I don't need political or cultural commentary from influencers, but continuing to post fun Easter dresses or whatever is tone deaf. I want them to use their influence for good, linking to small businesses, connecting people with resources, um, or donating money to worthy causes. I don't need a change in tone, but maybe stop shoving products down our throats. Share your life. Provide content that isn't materialistic. I don't... Oh, so um, if I, like, pause and breathe, um, it means I'm switching. I don't want to keep saying, this person says, this person says, so I can read as many as possible. Okay. Uh, I don't think I would say a complete tone, but it feels like the amount of swipe ups for frivolous or unnecessary items have either stayed the same or increased. This is probably due to a decrease in purchase of clothing, makeup, etc., but it would be transparent for influencers to acknowledge this. I don't want busy as usual pushing product down my throat, especially really expensive and impractical ones. I want them to continue sharing their life, daily life like Grace Atwood, but also highlight the precautions they are taking and how their lives have changed and advocating for safe and responsible choices. A lot of these are saying pretty similar thing. Just like general mindfulness. Um, some acknowledge more and some less. Either way is fine in her eyes. What she doesn't find kosher is acting like this isn't your problem. It's everyone's problem. Or breaking the rules because no one's above this. Totally agree. Um, I think the content needs to shift, but not necessarily due to COVID. The influence culture landscape and general content has just become super stale and needs a revamp. I hope this whole thing helps influencers refocus and even potentially rebrand an effort to make the content more en engaging and more digestible. I think it depends. If I trust someone and think they have more than a few brain cells, I want to balance. If I follow someone because I like their hair, I want them to address it happening, but keep it moving because I do not want them giving advice outside their lane to anyone. I'd argue that's not fair. Um, that's... You know, like th that's that that those are the comments where I'm like, I hear you and I see you, um, uh, but people pe people just can't know <laughs> like how they serve everyone, so they're just gonna have to skew with probably how the, they assume the majority perceives them. Um, you know, would it be great for them to you know have their finger on the pulse of how they're perceived and not be totally off base? Like, yeah, but I don't know if that hair person like knows you just follow her for her hair. If it was Sophie from Ladies of London, she should maybe know that. Um, but otherwise, that's a little bit tricky. Uh, I mean, these are, like, funny, though. Uh, I think it's unfair to expect an influencer to stick to their normal script or focus on a virus that they may or may not spread as misinformation. It's case by case. If someone isn't educated, I don't want them spewing nonsense about the virus just to be on topic. I know this is where it's impossible, is, um, you know... Like, an Ashley Spivey, for example, she does a great job of, like, being well-read, well-researched, and providing relevant information. She'll shift her tone entirely, but it works for her, and that's kind of her vibe. It's, mine is to, like, pepper in things that I hope were helpful to comment where I see fit, but not to completely shift, because I kind of see my platform as more of an escape, and I see, like, an Ashley Spivey's as being, like, informative and perspective-based and you know, it's like you go to people for different things. And that I understand in terms of like the comment. Well, I follow one person for my hair and one person for this. I think to a degree, people kind of um, they establish their lane and they try to do what's best relative to it. But uh, I think that is a big problem when 
people are just trying to talk about it. So they're like talking about it, but clearly they are not adding anything new or being helpful. You know, it's like one thing to reiterate staying home, but like I was I wasn't going to recap press conferences. It it's like follow Jessica Yellen for that. There there's I think the same with political stuff. Like go to, it's good to follow people who are subject matter experts and who have the information they're looking for that within their wheelhouse. And it's not that people shouldn't share stuff that's outside their wheelhouse. It's just that yeah, sometimes it's transparent when it's disingenuine. Uh honestly, people just don't want you people shilling as many products which this then we'll get into this further because I want to ask about SponCon and stuff because um, that's not like we need it's like okay but what's like what is it on, on the table if we're not going to deny someone their livelihood right I would love for them to talk about how it's changing their day-to-day life that's an interesting point um, I think people never know how much to tell because if it doesn't look like other people's lives, they're maybe inadvertently seeming tone deaf too. Just to mention that they are fortunate to be able to do their job unchanged in this time. The relaxing with the kiddos are so tone deaf and to people extremely stressed out about their finances and economy. Agree. Mix of balance and change. Focus more on items that most people already have on at home or on hand, like puzzles, games with families, etc. That is a good point. Though the biggest puzzle of all to me is why people think puzzles are fun. No offense. <laughs> I could never sit down and do a puzzle. I uh, uh, I just am not a very relaxed person. And I find the pictures uninspiring. I mean, I know there's solutions for that and to get prettier puzzles, but I'm just like, wow, the London Bridge. How original. <laughs> Sorry. The only corn meme I've ever liked is it's a new Baloomba. And it's like everyone's Instagram be like, I've got another puzzle for you. And I was like, yes, there's a lot of puzzle content right now. Way more than I'm used to. I'm not mad. I'm not complaining. <laughs> uh, I just didn't know how many people liked puzzles. I didn't know how many people use Zoom. I didn't know a lot of things before we got here. This is a thoughtful answer. Somewhere between a complete change in tone and a balance. Everything they promote should be chosen with an eye toward the times we're in. The implications of shopping and shipping in the midst of a pandemic. The widespread job loss and general societal responsibility. Yet at the same time, they can continue to provide content, including levity and product promotion, as a distraction to the sick and stressed, but only after acknowledging and maybe continually why they've chosen to do so. It says they don't need to become a news source. That isn't practical, but I don't want the normal swipe up for my outfit or whatever product they're selling. IDK, there isn't a perfect answer, but I feel like advertising feels more disingenuous than it normally does. This is hard because I fully acknowledge it's their livelihood, their business, and the way they support themselves. But during arguably the biggest crisis of our lifetime, I do not give a damn about a damn Peloton giveaway. And I don't see how that's helping people. I agree. I don't care about swiping up on clothes. I won't have an opportunity to wear this summer. I agree. Uh, It just seems so trivial when people are literally dying. I feel like Courtney saying that there are people that are dying, Kim. And businesses are closing and stocks are plummeting and people are losing their jobs. On the other hand, the last thing any of us need is more coverage of what we're already seeing. And I don't look to these women to be my breaking news source on a global health crisis. I respect that they are in a hard situation because they run the risk of alienating their followers no matter what they do. This is the most wishy-washy answer because during this time, I don't really know what I want or expect from anybody. You know, I respect you for saying that because that's what I keep trying to say. I'm like, I'm not an expert and I'm not telling you what to do. I hope I can tell you what not to do and then we'll, you know, we'll meet somewhere in the middle because it's just it's you can't respond perfectly to a situation we've never been in before. 
I think what everyone's pretty much saying is like, I don't need you to regurgitate the news. Sometimes too much news is like, I like it, it's not why I'm coming to you, but ignoring it's not the solution. Um, nor is half ass acknowledgement, right? It's just like be a person. Like, how, like, to me, it's like, how would you talk to somebody you were standing in front of and be like, God, this is awful. Like, this is scary. I don't know what's going on. Uh, people are impacted beyond in ways I might not even ever be able to imagine. And I'm impacted in my own ways that may or may not be relevant to share. And this is my next question because this is what I don't know. So this is an area I'm really, really unclear on is, um, Okay, let me let me move on. I'm sorry. I the next question I said was, do you want influencers to be honest about the implications of COVID nineteen on their life and business? Eighty one point one percent said yes. Very tiny margin said no. Point four percent said no. Eighteen percent said sometimes. I thought it was going to be eighty percent sometimes. Eighteen percent yes. But no, over 80% say, yes, they want you to be honest about the implications of COVID-19 on their life and business. So that's why I asked next of the people that said yes or sometimes. I want them to be honest. I said, when influencers are honest about their life, is it tone deaf if their struggles and problems are not perceived to be as severe as many of their followers? Because here's what I want to navigate and point out the contradiction is we ask for things we don't actually want. It gives people this air of like, I can't win. It's really de-energizing and it it, it really damages um, relationships p- people have with their audience. And if this is your career, if this is your entire family's meal ticket, like trivialize the industry all you want. But like that is a problem. Um, and I looked, I interact with influencers more than like any celebrity or any public figure really uh, not like directly, but I just mean in terms of content consumption. And I think they have the ability to move the needle more than they even give themselves credit for. So this is why I'm trying to sort through this. But this is this is exactly why I pointed out the um, uh, sassy red lipstick J. Crew thing, <clears throat> because I think it's an interesting case study. Upon prompting the people that said, yes, I want influencers to be honest, which is over 80 percent. And then the, the other 18 percent that said sometimes I said, OK, well, when influencers are honest, because that's what you want, it's tone deaf if their struggles and problems are not perceived to be as severe as many of their followers. Um, if Rachel Parcell's third dishwasher breaks, do you want to know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and this is why this is not proper market research survey design, because, you know, I can't help it with my jokes. Not jokes, but what I said was I wanted to give an example. So... When influencers are honest about their life, is it tone deaf if they struggle, if their struggles and problems are not perceived to be as severe as many of their followers? I said, the answers are yes, it is tone deaf to say things like you are feeling stir crazy from your in-home basketball court. I did see this somewhere. Uh, No, it is not tone deaf. They should be able to be honest about their reality. Third, it depends. I always have to include that because I knew a lot of people would say that, but this is what I'm, the, the it depends field is really what I'm, the meat of what I'm looking for. I, I, I assumed this is this would be the outcome, but I wanted data to prove it that we say we want honesty, but what we want is honesty against our our idea of what is and isn't out of touch. So then I ask people to define what is and isn't out of touch. But I do think it's just like worth noting that this entire pie chart of people said yes or sometimes I want them to be honest. But now this pie chart shifts its tune with over 30 with 31 percent people saying it is tone deaf, 51 percent percent saying it depends and 
17% saying, no, it's not tone deaf. They should be honest no matter what. So this, it, this kind of showcases the nuance. It's like when I just say honesty, it's a 99% yes. When I say honesty, if it's not as severe as y- your life or as many of your, their followers' lives, that 99% turns to 17% in terms of like, it's not tone deaf. They should say whatever they want. So, and what's even crazier is that of that 99% that said they want them to be honest, or at least sometimes honest, a third completely backpedal and say, or 31% rather, almost a third, again, directional data here, guys, <laughs> say, yes, it is tone deaf. Um, but again, I probably skew people by saying you're feeling stir crazy from your in-home basketball court. But I wanted to give an example uh, because I think that this is where you know, people want to be relatable, but like you just forget your life is so fundamentally unrelatable to the general public. Not that piece isn't helpful. I just wanted to kind of be like, okay, am I right in assuming that we're like transparency, but not too much and that this is an impossible situation because I'm the problem. I'm like, open up, just be real. But like, I'm not doing that because it's like, I don't know. (laughs) I have a roof over my head. I have a dual income household. It's just like, I feel like that's obviously obvious enough that I'm like, I don't have grounds to complain. Uh, am I losing a b- shit ton of money? Yeah, absolutely. I think we all are in some way, shape or form, though. Not unique in that. Let's leave for vacation in two days. I'm OK. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, this is what I mean. It's like the, the places where I relate to people is like the torture of having time to kill and not being with people you love that you cherish time with. I think a lot of us can relate to that. But like, do you really care that most of my podcast advertisers backed out? Like, I'm assuming no. Uh, so, but I swear this, this survey isn't self-serving. I honestly, am, I couldn't really navigate how I felt about this as it relates to influencers. And I find myself constantly wanting candor, but then um, being like, oh, that was a little harsh. <laughs> okay, so... I said optional for the it it depends crew. So not the people that said you should tell your truth no matter what. And not the people that said, oh, yeah, that is toned up. And if it's relative to if it's uh, not as severe as other people's, like, don't share it. So the people that said it depends, I fell somewhere in between. I said optional. Um, I'm curious how people determine when someone sharing their aspirational lifestyle comes across as being out of touch. Where do you personally draw the line for what is and isn't acceptable to share during this current climate? And every single person who picked I Depends did this optional fill-in-the-blank answer. I'm forever mesmerized by your commitment to participate in my crowdsourcing ventures. I learned a lot from you. Okay, so I'm just going to read through some of these that I think represent what a lot of people said, are well thought out, fall, you know, in different fields of thought. So hopefully you identify with somebody. And um, I know for a fact, a lot of listeners are listening. A lot of influencers are listening to this because I've heard from so many of them. I mean, not, not all bad. I, a lot of so most of them are really nice. But just some food for thought. I don't mind influencers sharing their problems or selling product and having swipe ups during these times. But what can annoy me is their lack of acknowledgement or awareness that for a good portion of their followers, this may not be the time to ramp up spending. Um. I'm also annoyed by influencers who, whether seriously or joking, are publicly asking for free product right now. <laughs> Actually, this just annoys me as always. A la Rachel Hollis and The Rock's tequila or con- continuing on with their planned ads without any change in context or tone. I get that they are committed to run the ads and that's fine, but you would think that they and the brands could work together to make it land correctly in today's context. 
laughing at people asking for free product. I did this one time, and it is because my husband dropped a very expensive bottle of face serum, and I am not in a position to be willy-nilly spending that kind of money. And it was a gift from somebody. Uh, and I was like, does this work? And I was like, hey, guys, my husband dropped this at Tatcha. What's up, girl? Look at my broken bottle. No one responded. Are you kidding? No one cares. It's... I try to tag brands because maybe eventually they'll realize I like them and support them. And I want to support the people that make products I love. And Jen Lake told me to. And I listened to her. I thought her anecdote about United was so helpful in her Under the Influencer episode. Because, like, that's a dream sponsor. But it took her two years. And she has a huge following. Anyway. Okay. This person said, when you have more than a regular size house, a regular size backyard, and complain about being bored. Like, people are stuck in studio apartments and you have a pool, a trampoline, a movie room, and 18 other rooms. louder for those in the back <laughs> this is coming from my own bias as i am stuck in a box in the sky um but i feel that so hard and i just think that when people ha like have an ex like you just it's you, you just can't even access or maybe empathize with a situation you haven't been in for a long time or maybe ever and i just don't think people know stir crazy like i like Especially with my internet situation, I'm just, I'm just so annoyed with so many people. If they acknowledge how they're feeling is a privilege, it's okay. It must be relatable to a flyover state. That's interesting. I think acknowledging that you are hashtag blessed can go a long way. Example, I know we are fortunate to have a basketball court and pool, but my kids still miss going to the park. If there isn't at least one realistic aspect of their photo or post, then next. The image or caption could have been from pre-COVID and does acknowledge something impacted by COVID. Then I roll my eyes and move on. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't do that. This is where I think people are like, be the change, be the content you want to see. I put out the content I want to see, but this doesn't mean everyone else wants to see it sometimes. Uh, so like I'm not acknowledging COVID in most of my posts, but I've been static posting a lot more to try to like do fun things like my tie-dye adventure. But like I'm not caveating COVID-19 in my um you know, mirrored image of me doing the parent trap handshake with myself, pretending I'm Annie James and Martin at Camp Walden. So I, this is giving me a lot to think about. I just don't want influencer. I don't want people to think that I'm immune from this. I'm guilty of all of this. And they feel the need to over justify why they have something. Example, Rachel Parcell posting a pic of her insanely messy laundry room to prove she needs three sets of washers and dryers for a fam of four. <laughs> that was a big pile of laundry, though. <laughs> Um, I think, too, with her situation, I think that a lot of um, aspects of her home were uh, gifted in exchange for promo. So a lot of her expenses, stuff she didn't pay for. And I think sometimes in people's heads, they're like, well, I can't afford it either. But it's like you're still sharing. It, you're still linking to it. And it's like, holy crap, your faucet costs $5,000 in your laundry room. I think it's been interesting to see slash hear about their lives with this crisis. And it makes you see how many people it takes to make their village work it to me it brings them down a level so i think that's interesting too in terms of like i love i'm like living for newscasters not being able to you know bake contour and brighten you get your makeup done all the time you don't learn skills and i think some of these people have been working in tv for so long they have their makeup professionally done every day they don't even know where we are as a society with everyday makeup and it shows and uh, you know i have i have you know far worse pores than your average you know newscaster who's 30 years my senior it's not the quality of their face or their look it's just like the ability to put on hd friendly makeup when you have a job that requires you to be on hd i think about like yeah even like the kim k's of the world 
I actually loved when she posted a video being like, my kids will not leave me alone. And North goes, that's not nice or something like that was my favorite video she's ever posted. There was something about that that was so charming, but it wasn't like she wasn't annoyed because she was bored or there was nowhere to go. But she was just like being a mom who needed a minute to herself. And like, those are the things we can connect on. We can't connect on a lot of the materialistic things, but we can connect on emotion and sentiment. But I do wonder, I'm like, oh, my God, people, I actually, I don't want a big house at all. I really hate um, being in a constant mode of cleaning and never feeling like I'm making any progress. And I know that's the reality of like life, especially with kids. But I just think big spaces, the idea really overwhelms me, especially because I lose things constantly. and I leave my phone constantly. The amount of times I have to put on find my iPhone in my like, I don't know, under 1500 square foot apartment is shocking. And I find my AirPods and can't find the dog. I mean, it's just it's not great. Uh, so I wonder, like, people with these like mansions and estates, either they're secretly having people come or they're like, WTF do I do? I don't know about you guys. Like if a couple like you know, a half day and there's 14 mugs in my sink and there's only two people that live here. I, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. I um, I don't know if they come from other rooms. I don't know. I just feel like I can never keep anything clean. I cannot imagine how that is with kids and I cannot imagine how that is in a big space. Uh, anytime an influencer doesn't pause and say, I realize I have XYZ in my experience and this looks different than the general population. So how much explaining is too much explaining is what I'm curious about because that person had a good example of like, Rachel over explaining her washers you know it's I guess in that case it's just like omission right we don't have to share absolutely everything like for for me I think more often than not it's like omit and don't caveat constantly uh you don't have to like be posting as much you know I think most influencers do not expect enough gratitude for what they have there's a lot of complaining like in spiralized about things that aren't that bad Others are really good, like Brooklyn Blonde. I love Kate Smallthing, Chardonnay, Quarantine Quest. Not on brand for her, but she's so funny drinking. <laughs> oh, I should follow her. That sounds fun. If influencers have self-awareness to say, yeah, this is really hard, and at times I'm struggling, but also I realize that I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to have XYZ during this time of quarantine, that makes them infinitely more likable. I personally like to see influencers share their pitfalls too, but mostly when it's done with a touch of humility. If they don't acknowledge that people beyond their own norm are seriously doing it tough, that's when I feel an urge to eye roll and unfollow. No more loop giveaways. Give us ideas to help the economy. Share how you're passing the time. But now is the time to build our trust, not the time to grow your followers. I'm, I have one hand on a glass of wine, so I'm hitting myself in the face to slow clap for you. Agree. Um, and it's not like a loop giveaway is not a contract. It's like a group of people and one person profits a little bit off of organizing and then they put the rest towards the prize money. If they really wanted to help you. The organizer wouldn't profit off of it. Uh. People sharing swipe up links to Easter dresses, LOL Easter dresses. That's a funny thing that I didn't I like, man, whatever. Honestly, I feel like everyone has different circumstances and I don't mind whatever level they're at. It takes a lot for me to feel something is crossing the line or on this or is even tone deaf. That's sometimes my favorite stuff. I'm a believer of if you don't like their content, then don't follow. I do think having integrity is everything and I do understand a level of responsibility, but I'm also a believer of people thinking for themselves and taking accountability for their actions. Totally. I think it's common sense. Obviously, the more over-the-top their lifestyle is, the more they need to consider if the majority of America can relate. You're right. Sometimes we just need to keep it simple. This person said, the skinny confidential wildly crossed the line with her gaining weight content. Nothing along those lines should be addressed. I'd be way more understanding of people who are like, hey, I've missed 8820 XYZ campaigns of SpawnCon, so that's why you'll see more swipe up, etc. Or people being like, hey, this sucks, but here's some really fun pics for summer when we can all dream of a rooftop glass of wine. 
I feel like you guys are actually pretty much on the same page. Keep it simple. If you live extravagantly, check yourself. Acknowledge your privilege on occasion. You don't have to do it excessively. If you're feeling the need to do it excessively, that probably means you're sharing way too much aspirational content and just omit some. But in general, have like humor, humility, and awareness, I think is the big thing. But it's not the time for risk like that, the weight post. That was that was so out of character, I thought, for her. Um, and she took it down, took accountability for it as far as I know. She's usually pretty um, skillful and strategic. I And I like her. But like, it's funny, weight jokes, just like, I don't know. It's not, it's a thing that was like, funny in the shallow hal era it like wasn't funny but like that's when it was like more normal and like it's still so weird to me that we ever laughed at that stuff but it was kind of a function of why i'd commend um jessica simpson in her memoir she's like i'm not going to respond to weight shaming at a size 27 by being like i'm only a 27 because then what does that say to anybody above that that like that's even unacceptable you know you have to be mindful of like the thing you think is so funny and outlandish, if that's somebody's normal, what message are you sending? And that doesn't even, it does nothing to do with their health. It's just their appearance. And like, it's just, it's a slippery slope and it's, um, it gets messy. Um, but, you know, as I said, I think that um, you, you learn and you move on. At least I hope. Unboxing Chanel. Who the hell is unboxing Chanel purses? I'm sorry that it, like, this is, this is moronic. Are you insane? I hate an unboxing of a designer gift so much. It makes me want to vomit. I hate when people sit amongst their handbags. I hate when people show off all of their designer shoes. I hate closet tours. I actually feel th th there's a level of materialism and consumerism that makes me so uncomfortably nauseous that I hate and is so like new money weird. And the people that do that, it leads me to believe that at one point they didn't, they grew to that place of having money, which is awesome. And I'm so happy for them. But the people that they're sharing it with are the people that got them there. And that, that's often a huge departure from why who they once were and why they got famous. If you were always had fancy shit, whatever, I guess. But you know what I mean? There's kind of this weird line of like people you just know have nice stuff and people that are like deliberately trying to show it off. You know, like it's in the background or you want us to notice it. It's kind of um, funny. Out of Touch is using all this extra time to cook complicated recipes with obscure ingredients when most of us can't even get bread in our normal chips. I can't get my normal chips in. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Excessive swipe ups to expensive skincare and loungewear when people are losing their jobs. But like, I don't mind all the content from inside their mansions. I'm not bothered by Rachel or Emily's houses. They lived there before all this started. And I appreciate that all the content is coming from inside their house because they're staying home. <laughs> See, guys, like that's a good point. <laughs> But also I'm laughing. It's just funny what triggers people. I'm very triggered by real estate because I like I just I lived in small spaces for so long. Well, I don't want a big one. I certainly like storage and like fresh air um, and like not sharing walls with people. So I can just like get in a little recorder practice, you know, like what, what's a girl to do? But what's funny is he's saying. All this extra time to cook complicated recipes with obscure ingredients, because like that's not something I thought of, but like that's an interesting point. When people have all this shit, I'm like, what? They're, they're super prepared and they just have stuff on hand or Instacart is uh, a higher caliber where they live. Because where I live, I it's like, oh, well, I didn't know I signed up for an accidental subscription to Imperfect Produce. I, you know, will have to navigate around this smushed banana. And while I, you know, did put Dijon mustard in my cart, thank you for these raw, loose mustard seeds. That will be really helpful to me right now. <laughs> okay, that's a dumb thing to complain about. But Instagram, like, they're they're really busy. Make sure you tip them well. 
they're doing the the hard work. Um, I have just been like trying to avoid non essential trips to stuff, and uh, and it's, it's been a it's been a real trip. Like the the chat conversations I'm having back and forth is just like like oh my god, I want milk, and they're like how about kombucha? I'm like no, <laughs> I just like I want to be kind, but also it's like they must the the stock must be low. I am feeling a little bit kitchen tool shamed by HelloFresh because it's like always like whip out all these things you obviously already have, and they always assume you have like balls tons of butter and like uh oil on hand which like you should and you should have like pots and pans like i get that but yesterday it was like whip out your potato masher and i was like am i ina garten like sorry i don't have a potato masher i have a fork because that chill and the fork worked great and i know you guys are gonna be like are you okay because i i know most people are much more like equipped in the kitchen than i am i didn't register for a lot of like random tools because i don't want things i like i need to use something at least once a quarter for it to justify keeping it in my house. <laughs> um, recently had to get rid of a waffle maker for this reason. I don't, I don't need every device that does everything ever. I just want the, I just feel like people have so many gadgets that do really specific things and I don't want 80% of my belongings to be used 20% of the time. Uh, okay. Recommending items that are in insane price ranges. They're knowing their followers aren't in the same tax bracket. They need to know their audience. Constant chilling. We got it. Um, being super dramatic about how it's impacting them. Losing out on sponsored trips or going stir crazy in their effing massive mansion. They miss me with that. More interested in how they're staying healthy mentally and physically, what you're doing to pass the time, find joy, etc. Things they found to build their familial relationship or stay in touch with friends. People still shilling $500 sneakers and $1,000 handbags at a time where a lot of people are getting laid off just seems ridiculous. Agree. <laughs> I don't want any more lounge outfits, especially don't want a glammed up IG version of loungewear. A promo code directly relating to quarantine or like stay at home 20 kills me. You're so right. That's so stupid. I find a lot of humor in coupon codes. I still rejoice in using the code prostitution whore as a housewives reference in my Etsy shop once. Made a lot of people uncomfortable. Had a great time. I've been trying to understand that everyone's going through this and their issues may not be the same as mine. But if you're taking your kids to Target, just to let them burn off energy. Who's doing that? Ugh, this isn't good for my rage. Unless, of course, you're a single parent or your spouse is an essential worker, etc. And absolutely have to take them to the store. But it wasn't in any of these cases. Yeah, totally. I don't think sharing your aspirational lifestyle makes you out of touch. I love seeing that. It's when they complain about things that would be a luxury to others that don't seem to acknowledge their wealth and privilege. It's that's fair to separate those two because I'm kind of grouping them. You live how you live, but be mindful of the things that are a luxury to others. I think sometimes just the lack of awareness of what is a luxury to others. Like, um, I don't know, like even it does. It's not even money related. Like sometimes like I've been trying to not complain about like, you know, being in the same space or workspace with my husband all day i normally work alone my home is my office now there's people in my office but you know and like the dog acts up when both of us are home because he wants attention and he doesn't sleep and we're both on calls we live in a small space you know like like, these are things that are like in you know intercepting my life but like at least you know it's people are quarantining solo like, some people would just, like, love to have somebody there with them. And, like, the people that are doing this alone, like, it kills me. And, yeah. So, it's funny. It's just, like, there's so many different ways you can idealize somebody's situation. And it's not just based on money. Oh, I like this. It's more of a, about, like, when they're not, they're sharing fluffy feel-good content without 
acknowledging what's going on, but also pair with the history of not acknowledging the actual suffering around them. It's tone deaf. I think it's more of a posture that they build over time. Rarely do I see a single instance of just, oh, one time an influencer complains and gets crucified for it. More often than not, they have a history of privileged behavior and don't exhibit much self-awareness from the beginning. That's a great point and makes me feel less fearful of being on the cusp of canceled at any given moment. I fear that I'll have a typo or I'll say something out of context or just like totally like miss the mark and like have no ill intent, but like I'm just done and I'm gone. Like I live my life this way. Um, but I, I find comfort in people in co- contributing history into their take on it because I do think like people just like fuck up sometimes. But it is so much more frustrating when you're in when you're already like your wits end. It's it exacerbates it all the more, even if it's the individual behaviors, like not that stark. The thing that grinds my gears the most is when there's a long post about something serious like mental health, infertility, pandemic related, et cetera. And they include a like to know it link. Oh, my God, I know it. That's weird. It's like the captions on the one hand, it's good to share but it's like tagging the outfit. It's 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 a weird balance because I'm sure they do that because people are going to be annoyed if they don't link. But then it's like, well, photos with irrelevant captions. You're just like posting a normal fashion photo. You're just like, ugh, bed breaking and <laughs> bread baking. It was a f- <laughs> bed breaking sounds fun. Bread baking is something I've seen a lot of. I'm thrilled my mom's doing it because I'll directly benefit from it. But there's just like a lot of more bread content than I'm used to, and um, I don't know that I loaf it. Is that was that like that's probably that's probably my there there's my cancellation bread puns. When influencers say something that specifically spreads negativity and hurts other people, Erin Foster's Instagram post where she attacked brides who were expressing why her post made them upset. It wasn't the post itself that was out of touch. It was the fact that she attacked her followers in the comments. Yeah, she made it. She has like dry humor and she like posted a photo from her wedding, being like, "It's a great time to like not be having a wedding." And then brides were like upset, and then she was atta- like then commenting back like being kind of scathing and that's the thing guys if you if a critical mass of people say it's offensive it's it's not this it's not the time to go explain to everybody why it's not offensive that's how you know something about it is offensive and it's fine to be like shit that's not how i meant it i'm so sorry like god bless peace and love um but to like fight 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 it's just like i don't get why people like I understand wanting to defend yourself, but that there's an element of pride there that I don't understand. I'm just like, how on what planet is this a good look? I'm like shocked and appalled at how many people are saying people are doing like Louis Vuitton unboxings. Like, ugh. I, I just like I'm just very turned off by materialistic peer, people. Period. Like, I like stuff, but I just like I think there's something sad to me about people's satisfaction level with their own lives or their insecurity with comparing themselves to other people that like makes me feel like the constant display of brands and materialistic items just has like nothing to do with anything other than proving like a very specific subset of people how great they're doing and like anytime something's show-offy it's not for the general public it's like for a very narrow audience of people that the person is responding to an insecurity to you know it's like if i posted an outfit and you know back in the day looking like a smoke show it wasn't because you know my friend elise needs to see me and uh you know with my good girl faith in a tight little skirt it's because i want like some ex or some person that's like screwed me over to like show him what he's missing which 
Because <laughs> anyone ever showed somebody what they're missing with an Instagram post? I don't think so. It's probably one of the great fallacies of life. And it makes you look far more desperate and it is transparent. But you know what I mean? There's like a, a form of doing that when you feel like you have something to prove when you're just like showing off stuff like for no real other reason than just to say you have it. That's what I don't really get. Um, but that's what I, why I use Jacqueline Hill a lot as an example. She's, she claims when she started YouTube, she was on food stamps and now... She has a full Roy G. Biv of uh, Chanel crossbodies, and she does these closet tours. And it's just the the excess is gross to me because I, I I'm just like calculating all of the, you know, things you could be doing with that money that don't sit in your closet. I'm not saying you have to donate your money to charity. I don't resent people with wealth at all. But it's like I think the omission, like I just don't need to see it. I don't need to see it that often. I don't need to see the extent of it. It's just a personal thing I have. Uh, I just say like your your pair of sunglasses is somebody else's like income. You know, it's 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 like people that don't make as much money as you like see price tags associated with like all the things you own and show and then like rack their brain about how hard it is for them to ever make that money. And how you're just like so happily have it sitting there on your shelf, not because it's wrong, just because we can't imagine being in that position. This is a funny, not funny answer, but it's an honest answer that isn't totally fair. And I just want to represent everybody. And this person said, for some reason, if an influencer is not from the U.S., their wealth or location are only aspirational and completely acceptable. It's the U.S.-based influencers that irk me in the wrong way. Like Rosie Londoner, secluding herself at her parents' estate is different to me than Julia Engel's idyllic walks along the coast in Charleston. It's interesting. I guess I have no real concept of, like, I don't, I, I just don't know, like, is the UK or are, you know, what countries are, aren't reflecting the type of precautions or reaction we're having to it. And so when I can't conceptualize it clearly, I don't have as much of a, an opinion. Someone complains about not being able to get their hair, nails, facials, etc. done during this time. Also, super unpopular opinion. I can't stand them. My wedding was supposed to be today or complaining about rescheduling a wedding in general during this time. I understand how important the sacrament of marriage is, but also people are dying. Totally fair. I don't I don't fully agree because I think that process is like really expensive and intense and exciting and once in a lifetime and like it just there's a lot that goes into it. And I think because of that logic, most people aren't complaining or like aren't allowed to feel bad or disappointed, but like you would feel disappointed. So I'm kind of like it's okay to feel disappointed like i would be so frustrated right now even like you know pain is pain even when something is ubiquitous in nature and affects a a broad range of people we still feel it on an individual basis in a way that isn't we shouldn't personally minimize we should let ourselves feel disappointment and frustration and work through it to your point though do we always need to be talking about it no again omission at times is, is helpful but i am not i'm not bothered by brides but also I'm a person that got married in Italy and it was like a year and a half of planning. It was like a lot of work, a whole weekend and to do it affordably. It was like, you know, it's, e it's either cheaper, it's either cheap and easy or it's, wait, no, it's either expensive and easy or cheap and high labor. And mine was affordable and it was hot, but it was high labor and it would, I would have been like screwed and I would have been upset. And so I'm just trying to be honest about like, I wish I was, I wish I had the perspective. I wish I was able to say that I would have been above that, but I just don't think I would be. When majority of the content is low-hanging, advertising fruit, Tula, Billy, Vichy dolls, preset filters, barefoot dreams, Aries, Soma. Well, what's funny is half of those, I don't feel like I see that often. Um, that's a funny thing, too. Like, I'd love a Billy sponsorship. There's a finite set of um, advertisers that work with podcasts that I have to choose from. So it's kind of like, well, either, you know, that's where it gets tricky. It's like, I'm, I make sure... 
to only use things I'm like interested in or like, but it's not like I've like can pick anything. You know, the the agency's brokerages only work with certain companies. And at the end of the day, this is what gets funny. It's like people on Sirius XM, they don't they don't give a shit. They advertise for whatever they're given. I try to be selective and on brand, but if it comes down to choosing not to have an advertiser or to at least like do the show and at least have it be sponsored by someone that I'm not totally in line with, but somebody that follows me might be, it's kind of the Walmart of it all. I think people had interesting points. It's like, okay, you don't shop at Walmart, but if they have cute pieces that people would like and your following has access to and is at the price point of a Walmart, like, should you share it? it people had a lot of thoughts about Walmart uh, back in the day. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I struggle with this with podcasts all the time because I'll turn down a lot of stuff and I'm like, God damn it. Like I need, <laughs> I, would love, I would love the money, but like you guys wouldn't trust me. I need to move on to the next question. I'm looking for somebody in healthcare. I love how much you look, guys love Grace. I do too. Uh, she's just like, the thing with it with her is she's not trying to be a balanced, nice person with perspective. Um, she like is one, you know? Uh, I think that, the people that are just like themselves, but they as people are great, balanced, um, well-intentioned people. It's showing through. Because this person said, uh, "Great, tough question. So much of it is, it is about tone and having humility and appreciation for what they have. Grace Atwood was talking about the fancy bed she bought for herself around the holidays, and it was endearing because she worked hard and was excited about the splurge. Totally. I never resent that or working hard for a splurge. And that was like a shitty customer service situation, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Being stir crazy at your mansion with a gym on week two of social distancing while having various family members come and go out of touch. Discussing partnerships, getting canceled, general loneliness, totally relatable. I think acknowledgement of the greater implications of what is going on and not shirking the rules because typically the rules don't apply to you is important. Do TikToks by your Olympic sized pool, but stay home, donate where you can and thank those who are essential and minimize shopping and shilling. Totally. And it also kind of begs the question, too, of like, I don't know. I, <laughs> whatever. This, there's no way to talk about this. And it's not weird. Just because you don't share that you do nice things doesn't mean you don't do them. And like, I actually make it a point to never share when I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, if I'm volunteering or leaving things for people, like, I, I don't know. It just feels stupid to be like, you know, guess what I did? That's incredibly altruistic and admirable because I don't know. I just think it's what you do. So this is where I struggle, too, because I would feel like a goober telling you about the, the good things I'm doing. I don't know if a tree falls in the woods, you know, guys. Uh, but also, yeah, whatever. I think, too, the war bigger problem is like I had that passing thought, but I'm like, for me to even be thinking or worrying about like how I share how I'm helping is just like pathetic and weird. Just like help and <laughs> who gives a shit? This person said acting squiggly squiggly alternating caps goofy squiggly squiggly in an inauthentic ignorant way i feel you and agree i'm having so much fun sorry i'm not having fun but like i'm i'm i find i just think your perspective is interesting and like even if similar people nuance things that i think are insightful again i don't know if this is helpful or making it worse but i just hope people know that i don't actually think people are always asking for as much as we maybe think they are and I think to our in our defense as consumers, we're not asking for that much. Um, but as a person that shares content, it's making me think about like how I'm trying to like be an escape and not be cliche and not like seem like I'm, you know, Mother Teresa over here. So I'm not like sharing stuff that maybe people would want to see. Um, 
As long as they are adhering to social distancing guidelines and laws, I'm here for whatever they have to share. I agree. Honestly, the biggest, most triggering thing for me is like, I have to like the people like, yeah, uprooting their family, driving somewhere, being like, I'm doing what's best for my family. I'm like, well, your family's safe because all of our families are suffering. So go cluck yourself. I just realized (laughs) that's from a segment I took out. Um, Maybe it's in the next episode. I don't know anymore, guys. Um, I I was lamenting when people name things that are I I don't like to say that feels stupid coming out of my mouth, and how it's a bad move for word of mouth word of mouth marketing. And there's a Chicago business called Bad Mother Clucka, like mother spelled with a U. I don't know. It's like. It's like, I'm scared if I like the chicken sandwich, somebody will ask me like, hey, what's your favorite chicken sandwich? Then I'll have to say that because while I want to support local business, I, on principle, cannot support a flagrant misuse of the English language. Um, Yeah, I think the theme of this, too, besides what I just said, is take a step back, figure out what's universal and what is specific. Loneliness, universal. Wanting to see family, universal. Losing income, fairly universal, though, you know, at different levels. Homeschooling is so tough on so many people. And this person said, homeschooling is tough versus having to clean your own house without a cleaning lady. Like, those are two different types of complaints. Totally agree. I, I think that, like, lens of what what are the emotional implications and the economic implications and the things that are just, like, undeniably, like, tough on the human spirit. I felt like the response to that question was kind of encompassing of a lot of the other content. If we're sharing, can I just say I, uh, my my high and low of the day? On my low, I ordered dip from a restaurant. I don't have other chips besides the ones they gave me. We all know the restaurants often fail to apply to, uh, supply ample vehicles for said dip. Um... My husband ate the chips thinking they were a free-for-all before I ate the dip, so that I had no vehicle to dip, to dip in the dip. You'd think he ran over Tugboat. <laughs> I was furious. Okay, I'll read a few more, and we'll move on to the next question. It's hard, because, like, I got essays, like, hundreds and hundreds, and, like, I want to read as many as I can, but I don't know. If this episode's chaotic, I'm sorry. It's hard to read, like, a bunch of small, choppy things and feel like this is cohesive and entertaining. Um... This person said, and we're still on the question of um, how do, where do you personally draw the line for what is and isn't acceptable to share during this current climate in terms of how you define out of touch? The purchase of new homes, new cars, etc. during this time. What value is that adding to anyone's life but their own? Nothing in my opinion. It's just bragging. It's already a little touchy in normal circumstances, but especially now. The new build FU money stings. And the range, she said the Range Rogers, and I'm assuming <laughs> Range Rovers. But honestly, I'm sure Range Rogers a dick, too. Um, I think you can share what you want, but it's important to be aware of the shadow you cast. Self-awareness doesn't mean apologizing for your life, but know your privilege and frankly acknowledge your followers and their realities. I don't mind influencers sharing their personal struggles and what they are missing during this time. Everyone's feelings are valid, but it helps when they acknowledge their personal privilege. I definitely don't want to see someone flagrantly flouting the COVID-19 recommendations for social distancing. It's irresponsible, entitled, and gross. Agreed. Flouting is a word I like, speaking of. It sounds like flaunting, but really it means to have a disregard for. Uh, I think it's out of touch if they don't acknowledge how to how out of touch their activity is. That's like the, therein lies the issue. Um, people that like be, the nature of being out of touch is the lack of awareness, right? 
uh, Brian Keller had some IG stories today that I think did a decent job. She said how she was having a tough time getting her head, getting in her head about being perfect. And she shows her beautiful bathroom in her new home, but she acknowledged that she knows her bathroom is nice, but she gets in her head to be perfect and have a curated life and her bathroom doesn't have good lighting and she needs to take photos for a living. <laughs> yeah, like when you say that, it sounds insane, but I get what you're saying. So I appreciate she. The person said, I appreciated that she was honest about having a breakdown that does seem out of touch, but I get it since she explained it. I'm new to her. I haven't followed her. I don't even know if I do, but like I've been seeing her content on TikTok and she's super cute. And um, I know she was doing like a lot of apartment cleaning. And then I had a brief stint like I'm interested in Go Clean Co's content, but I did hate that. They openly like, well, so they were following like the QAnon hashtag and somebody asked about it. And then she go clean co and followed it, but still said in the comments, let's just say I don't always trust the media or I don't always trust the government. So basically confirming, you know, being a low key conspiracy theorist. And it's like, this is where you, this is a perpetual issue. Like, do, where do we separate the art from the artist? Am I interested in watching people strip their gym clothes in a bathtub? Yes, it's satisfying. It's like watching an OxyClean commercial. But also... I it's like uh, the, the whole conspiracy theorists are like a, just a train wreck. And it's like I'm half watching and I'm half like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're sharing this. But she's not sharing the content. So does it I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like if you know something about somebody, but it's not part of what they're sharing. Is that how you should like gauge their the impression they're leaving on social media? I think it's kind of like a weird line to toe. Because then I'd ask you but like the same thing with anyone. Like uh, if you. If that's the case, like, uh, trust me, I'm not defending. I, I have no skin in the Go Clean Co game. But this is what I mean by I think about these things a lot. So, like, if somebody believes something that you don't agree with, that you don't support, but they're not sharing it, you know, does that mean you can't enjoy and compartmentalize the things that they share that you do enjoy? Because if you say no, then, like, no, why the hell would any of us be watching anything Elizabeth Moss does? You know, like, if fundamentally don't support anything about Scientology. But it's like you compartmentalize it because it's like a belief system and it's outside of her like trade. So this is I don't know. You know what I mean? I just feel like uh, the separating art from the artist um, conundrum that applies to most entertainers is a kind of an interesting one to put through the lens of an influencer in terms of like what you need from them. Um, because if it's like if the people are sharing the problematic content, it's one thing. But if it's just something you like low key know about them, it's another thing. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't know. I um, I can't. I mean, like, it's so interesting watching people, quote unquote, wake up <laughs> and then tell me uh, like a very projected detailed timeline of what's going to happen. And like the blackout and the children are being saved and like it doesn't happen. And I'm like, and then they double down more. And I'm like, this is why people don't trust conspiracy theorists, because like, you, you say things are going to happen with certainty in case they do. So you can be like, told you so. But when they don't, you say something like some like deep state underground thing happened that, you know, changed up the plans and your specific source told you, but you can't reveal who. And it's just like I it's it's gross to me to think that there's people just like sitting behind their keyboard duping huge amounts of people and getting some sort of weird satisfaction out of it and not understanding the damage behind it. And like, what's it doing for your life, giving you some sort of hollow anonymous power nobody even knows who you are um it's so strange to me and um i think too i get frustrated because i do think that there's a lot of instances where it's so so essential to have whistleblowers and people call 
corrupt activity to attention, independent of like politics or corporations, whatever. Like I always think back to the Enron of it all. And like, I fear sometimes that the more talked about a lot of outlandish conspiracy theories are about like kind of going against the mainstream for some reason or another, for some truth, it never being true and it never happening clouds people's ability to take seriously another whistleblowing situation that might need to be because it cr almost creates this like cry wolf of like a subset of people where it's hard to know who's kind of losing it, who has an agenda, who's making shit up and who's actually, you know, giving us valuable information. Uh, just a tangent. Uh, as long as they are adhering to social distancing guidelines and laws, I'm here for whatever they have to share. I'm into that. I think that that's an important thing to remember, honestly. And I just am so I'm so worried any influencer that's listening to this is going to start tiptoeing and over explaining themselves. That's not what anybody wants from you. If you're even I forget if I said this earlier, if you're even listening to this, you're open minded and you care enough about what people have to say and you aren't just like fundamentally rejecting every one that goes against influencers. There's so many people that do that. Trust me, they message me. And just won't even they tell me how they feel about an episode before they listen to it. And um, it's it's interesting how uh, people really think that they have the right to profit off of all of us and we don't have the right to have an opinion about it. It's uh, actually quite um, uh, I don't know, it's 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 uh, it says a lot to me about a person that they are they only will are willing to exist on their terms. But they need you to give them the benefit of the doubt on top of the benefit of the doubt on top of grace to evolve on top of I'm only human on top of I'm a working mother. Right. <laughs> will give us a little wiggle room, too, to have a few feelings about it. I feel that any problems or concerns about mental health are in touch, no matter how much square footage you have. I agree. Out of touch is complaining about frivolous things such as hair appointments. Some could argue those are relatable things. I'm a mouseketeer with my mousy roots, and I'm not that mad about it because you guys have been so supportive about my middle part. And, you know, I'm nothing if not the opinions of people that I don't know personally, but build me up on the Internet. <laughs> um, for me, the indoor basketball court in the pantry that's bigger than most people's actual kitchens isn't out of touch. I just find it funny, but also OMG goals, which is why I follow a lot of them in the first place. What becomes out of touch is the comments about, <clears throat> about truly not knowing how to clean because you've always had a cleaning person, <laughs> aka Brighton Keller, uh, and now sharing all these cleaning tips. I've been a Brighton stan for several years, and that was a hard cringe for me. Okay, so that's an interesting... I hope I'm pointing out some contradictions here, and that in a lot of ways you can't win. People are going to take what you're doing differently. Some people could be like, you know, good for her for living her truth and admitting that she's not a big cleaner. Um, I, But I also can see how... It is like a little bit funny when people are off put by the lack of presence of their staff. That's just such a luxury in and of itself for things that are hugely non-essential. Um, but yeah, I don't really have an opinion either way. I, I, that's a case where I'm like, do you? I think some people are going to receive it right. Some people are going to receive it wrong because uh, it's like it's meeting a lot. It's like meeting criteria of like, OK, so stuff that's relevant right now, stuff that's helpful right now, activities we can do. But then it's also like, you know, people are off put by her not already knowing how to do that stuff by having a cleaning staff. It's like, you know, it's a little bit hard to navigate sometimes. And that I do feel for people about because um, I don't really know what the answer is. 
but it's it's you know attract and repel this isn't about figuring out how to do it perfectly it's about just you know being a little bit more sensitive to what might really deter people more often than not it's just like eh, that's some kind of cringe or annoying but you move on and it's not going to get you canceled or something i don't want people to live in fear um and also personal accountability and like unfollowing and muting is like very important too. I don't want to put all the heat on the influencer, but in the next episode, I'll kind of like, this is where we complain. I'll kind of defend and talk about my side of things too. In the next one. Um, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Everyone, including influencers are allowed to have a difficult time during this insanity. Same as real life. Everything is relative. If an influencer complains one-on-one -on, -one, on the one hand, but is humble and expresses how grateful they are. On the other hand, it's fine. Genuineness is the most important thing. Some influencers come across so phony and as if they're trying to say or act a certain way, and that is a huge turnoff for me. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. It's like, I think, I don't want this to change anyone's behavior because I, fun, like, I want this to maybe, not like change how you act, maybe just like be a little bit more selective in what you share, but you should be yourself. Like, that's what people follow you for. And when, if you're going to try to, you know, manufacture some sort of persona in alignment with this. That's not the point. Um, if if you as a person or like your vibe or whatever just isn't like aligning with this time and you don't really provide things that are maybe, you know, the mo having the most synergy with what's going on right now, like listen to that and act accordingly. Don't try to completely like change who you are. My nightmare out of is like if people listen to this and then all everybody was just like, Hello, um, happy Thursday. Uh, first, I want to acknowledge my privilege. Secondly, uh, swipe up for this Pandora bracelet for her mom that won't get there by Mother's Day. And I'll be like, ugh. It's not about just like saying it. It's about meaning it. <laughs> you know, this is that's the problem. Do you guys like Pandora bracelets? Um, it's not my favorite. I'll do like two more. I'm having fun. <laughs> uh, today, an influencer was almost crying because she didn't have a pool and then went to her parents' house to go to the pool. I've been complaining about pools, but I actually don't like pools. Just a bad look to complain and then brag about the plan. Do a swimsuit haul. Have a photo shoot at the pool. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, God. I mean, I'm fine. If you already were at the pool and want to do that, I loved uh, Heather McMahon show me your moo haul. Uh, but she was already there. It's so important for people with big or even smaller significant followings to be mindful of how they are framing their privileges, but I think to some degree we have to remember who we are following. Somebody who has a second kitchen as a butler's pantry is always going to be pretty OOT, out of touch. I like that. But somebody who lives in a more attainable scale will probably be more relatable and acknowledge their privileges. This goes for both types of influencers during a pandemic or not. I think we have to remember who we are following and what influencers normally do for us when there's not a pandemic. And while most are doing pretty well, the egregious ones are always egregious. Totally. The industry of influence is so complex and interesting and intelligent, and I respect so many influencers so much, but it's still ultimately built on capitalism. And capitalism is always kind of tone deaf, question mark. I don't mean to sound like such a Dewey Burr nerd. No. I, I, I could go, I mean, I could analyze this all the live long and talk about capitalism and talk about con conspicuous consumption. And like, I would love to go into the economic piece of that. But like, I don't know. I, I think this is that was a great point. And I wanted to end, on, end that question on that note, because it's like. It's less about these specific takeaways and more just there's accountability on both sides. There's a million ways to look at the situation. It's riddled with nuance and you literally can't do it perfectly. Don't drive yourself crazy. Sincerity and being genuine is the most important thing. And if you're a genuinely a great person that your followers align with, it's going to work. And if you're a sh shitty person, it's not, <laughs> you know, and like. 
I not, do I think people are that one dimensional? No. But I think if you really do care or you really don't care, probably shows, right? And then people listen to that and then act accordingly, follow, unfollow. Um, just, you know, balance your professional agenda with your, you know, what I would argue is somewhat of an ethical obligation to leverage your platform responsibly. The next question was about SponCon. And you guys get it. Like, this, I was actually kind of surprised how unanimously people totally understand this. And I think this is important for influencers to know. Uh, I said, do you think it's appropriate to have sponsored content right now? 46.6% said, said yes. 6.2% said no. 47.2% said it depends. So what is that? 95, no, 93%, 94% are basically saying yes or it depends. People don't want to deny you your livelihood, but like, I just think the, I think this is pretty intuitive. And I think this is the one I'm kind of surprised people are messing up. Um, I think that to a degree, like, you know, this is how people make money. It's a business model as old as time is how any other content programming medium is monetized. I'll talk about that in the episode where I go through my feelings, but, um, I just think it's like, obviously price point matters <laughs> obviously usability matters i understand being in a contract to a degree but i'm also um any of my contracts that theoretically they should be paying me if it's a service i can't fulfill i'm not going to make them pay me and i'm not doing it i'm just deferring it because i think that's what you should do so it's a little confusing and i get being in a contract the first month or so but at this point you should have been able to talk to your advertisers and adjust and since this is so unanimously affecting everybody, I feel like brands are being receptive, at least from in my experience. Um, but I'll read you some responses. I won't spend as long on this because I think a lot of the last section covered a lot of these questions, really. But um, especially you guys seem to have a good grasp on this. And I thought these answers were pretty intuitive. Let's see. Sorry about that. Uh, yes, get that coin, but I can't stand when influencers heavily push things in this current predicament. A lot of people cannot afford essentials right now, let alone SponCon. GGE, Girls Gotta Eat, has been pretty good, as have oh, I, for having sponsors that are useful right now, like Daily Harvest, Winebox, etc. Well, A, I appreciate that, even though I did ask people to leave me out of the answers. <laughs> but B, I will say, I don't have, I don't, like, that's the thing. Some, like, weeks, the next few months, like, I have to pick between getting paid or advertising for something that, like, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know how to explain this. Like, there are products that I could be hawking right now that I like that aren't maybe the most in tune and I just don't know how to handle it. And I don't have the pick of the litter with advertisers. Nobody has budget. So that's kind of a weird conundrum, I think, for podcasters, too. It's like uh, brand partner partnerships on Instagram are these like highly targeted, like one on one unique partnerships people kind of assemble. But podcast ads are just like run of the mill script stuff that I take huge liberties with that I probably shouldn't. And only a finite number of companies do podcast ads. I can't remember if I talked about this before. So, yeah, it's th this has been a weird situation for me, too, especially having 90% drop out uh, <laughs> in the coming months because there's a it's a service they can't provide. It's kind of crazy. But then even I've gotten criticized for Wink because they're out of a lot of wine. I'm like, well, I don't know. At least they deliver. I just don't want you to go to the store is my point. And then the other piece of that, too, is like I'd love to talk about a daily harvest or something. But like, so if I'm in a contract for a long period of time, um, 
that doesn't, that means my inventory is booked up. So ahead of time, I'm not talking to other companies. So when people have budget, I organize with all these companies that obviously before this all happened, now I'm trying to be like understanding and I'm deferring them to when they actually can provide a service. But for the companies that are in their competitive set that have stuff that could help for help people because they have product, I can't advertise for them because I that I'm in like a non-compete. Is that so? I don't know. I don't know if that's too inside baseball, but like um, it's yeah, it's it's really I don't know. I have no I don't know how to fund this, if I'm being honest, going forward. Um, And I feel like such an I don't know. I feel like. I I feel like it's annoying when people over talk about Patreon or like hawk Patreon and it seems greedy, but like uh it i just am not blowing smoke when i'm telling you that like that's what i'll live off of for may and june and that's why with the powerpoint parties and putting up video content and always trying to do a bonus episode once a week now like i'm really trying to reward those people because it means a lot to me and i just know like everybody's dollars are strapped and i don't expect you i want you to do everything with your dollars before you spend them with me but for those of you that have extra ones, like it means a ton. And like, I can't emphasize that enough. And I just hope, you know, it's not from like a place of like greed. Um, I it's just like really, you know, incredible when um, people are willing to support the people they like, even though they don't need to because the majority of the content's free. Uh, so anyway, that's just kind of some of where I'm at. If you want to hear about other experiences uh, with the pandemic. Um, Okay, back to SponCon. This person said, I think if it's sponsored and it it makes sense for the climate, great. For example, I don't use CBD. I'm pregnant. But man, I would try something like that to relax and sleep during this craziness because of the way some influencers explain its usage, helping them calm, be calm during the pandemic. I have so my hands are in the air. I have so many thoughts on how people talk about CBD. I, I, uh, um, I, I actually am trying to work with a CBD sponsor who's willing to let me talk about all of the ways people incorrectly position CBD and how it's it's wildly dangerous to say that it is a cure for a clinical anxiety disorder that people need to be consulting mental health professionals for first and foremost. I get that like, you know, things like L-theanine, like melatonin, magnesium, like whatever. There's a lot of things that calm you. But I think the hard sell of CBD for anxiety and the way they target they like target women who I don't know, it's it's uh, whatever. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, but I hear you and I see you and I'll stop. <laughs> I'll give you my commentary. Um, the people promoting hotel tonight right now are blowing my mind like you're having a staycation in your own home and still having an ad tagging hotel tonight or maybe hotels.com. Either way, it doesn't make sense. LOL, at the lack of brand attribution. That used to be part of my corporate job is like if you're advertising. And spending all this money and doing all this stuff, we do we poll people for ads we know that knew they saw, and we'd say, "Do you remember seeing this ad of their vague plot line?" And then we'd say, "Do you remember what brand it's for?" And you know, my clients would have like 75 percent brand misattribution. So you're advertising for another a competitive brand because your branding isn't isn't clear enough. So like that's a great example. They they did this whole campaign. You don't know if it's Hotels.com or Hotel Tonight, and they're huge competitors, right? Yeah, this is why I love marketing. What a thrill. Honestly, don't mind SpawnCon in a person's normal genre. I don't love COVID-19 scare. Swipe up for my fave thermometer style SpawnCon. Oh, man. I really wanted to swipe up to that Brookstone one. Or, uh, uh, not Raymore and Flanagan. What's that funny sounding Brookstone sharper image company? Hammock or Schlummer? <laughs> um... Oh, here you go. IDK. Everyone needs to make money. Be like, Wink is out of a lot of wines, and I'd be annoyed to hear SpawnCon for items people can't get right now. 
Sorry. I don't even pick my wines. I just let them send them bored to me. So I'm probably getting bottom of the barrel, but I'm just happy to have wine. I'm like almost sick of wine, which is just something I never thought I'd say. Anything that makes sense right now, like Liquid IV. Hey, thank you. Wine subscription. Hello, fresh. Obviously, that can be different to everyone. Kayla Quinn is one of the most oblivious influencers doing random spawn con that doesn't make sense. Uh, honestly, yeah, I, have, I don't have time for bats or contestants. I even I just think they need a different job title. Like, okay, like, you know, Caitlin Brissow, Jojo Fletcher, Jillian Harris. My God, like a lot of these women have made incredible careers for themselves that I don't minimize whatsoever. And they've managed to pivot out of just the like token bachelor contestant that's, you know, more along the lines of like the, who's an example of somebody that just hawks shit that I just don't really respect. <laughs> Maybe I love Rachel Lindsay. Like, I think there's a lot of women that add value, but it's different to build a platform through your organic influence um that's different from getting on a show getting a shit ton of followers and calling yourself influential just because you have access to a lot of eyeballs those are the people that take the bad ads that give zero fucks that post zero content that like adds value it's just like here's my life and here's my boyfriend i got on bachelor in paradise and like here's me giggling with other bachelor contestants and like here's an energy drink that i'm trying to sell you and i just those accounts drive me insane it's mostly like bachelor in paradise people that never quite like you know found their niche but they moved to la and they can at least make like you know, a mid middle management salary on SpawnCon alone. It's just like, how sustainable is that? You know, I got to say, I've changed my tune about Hannah G. I just on TV, I was like, she's so beautiful and sweet, but she just didn't have a personality. But her personality on TikTok is delightful. And her relationship with Dylan is sweet. And I'm here for her. TikTok's really helping me see the personality that I just haven't been getting from a lot of people on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to move faster. I think influencers should be even more transparent than they are normally with sponsored content and just kind of explain that this is how they work from home. I think that they should be more thoughtful in what products they endorse and try to focus on things that their followers would actually would be actually likely to spend their money on during this time, like less promoting $160 PJ sets and more promoting $60 PJ sets. You guys spend $60 on PJs? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have trouble spending money on things that people like. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't need to feel that cute when I sleep. So I'm less likely to splurge on them. Sleepwear. I'm a person that has never splurged on loungewear. It's just like not my vibe. I'm a jeans person. I, I wear core in jeans and I still stand by that, but I have been loosening up a bit literally and figuratively. Uh, influencers are a business. Why should we expect them to close the doors of their business? We're all online shopping. So why is everyone getting upset at influencers sharing sponsored content? We're not slamming literally any other businesses like coffee shops or photographers for continuing to try and keep their businesses going. So why are influencers held to a different standard? great point and that's what i'm talking i'm talking about in my piece uh in terms of framing it relative to other jobs because i do feel strongly about that and i do think a lot of um the the dismissive way we talk about influencers does have a lot to do with the, most of them being women and it's frustrating empathetic content is the key right now i think it's important for influencers to put their subscribers needs before their own Influencers who put themselves in their followers' shoes, who listen, reflect, respond appropriately rather than just post are the better communicators. They're the ones who will come out on the other side of this with a more engaged audience because they found a way to get their message across in a way that truly resonated with their subscribers. Uh, this one says, they have to make a living just like me. As long as it feels on brand for them, I don't mind it. If they start sponsoring face masks or Purell, I'd have an issue with that. So today was the first spawn con that bugged me. A bunch of people doing a Marc Jacobs perfume ad. For some reason, I was just really bothered by it. Like, I'm wearing makeup for the first time this month today, and you want me to buy perfume. I really can't determine why, but I wasn't, because I wasn't bugged by any of the Sephora stuff or anyone's ads for loungewear workout videos. Uh, 
I lost my place. I guess it's not really helpful. I just think I like that some influencers are doing a great job of balancing work because sponsored ads are part of their job, but also with empathy and positive, safe influence. Grace Atwood, Carly, Megan Donovan, etc. Oh, I just saw the next question had to come back for more feedback. A 17 person loop for a Peloton. Saw that one yesterday and my eye roll could have been seen from space. <laughs> Liz Lemon eye roll. Um, okay, I think I'll move on from SponCon because I think soon because I think you guys get it. Uh, I work for a PR. Well, I'll say a few more. Oh, I work for a PR agency and a lot of our clients want sponsored content right now. People are on their phones more than ever and we'll see it and businesses really want to make purchases. Want people to make purchases. That's fair. Can you hook me up? with <laughs> Many businesses that want me to sponsor advertise for them uh i i just i actually feel like marketing budgets are like non-existent but if people are doing that much online shopping cool sponsor content that is in line with their existing brand invoice yes sponsor content that is reworked to acknowledge the situation yes sponsor content that feels opportunistic and predatory about their followers fears no sponsor content that is widely out of sync with their brand making it feel like a desperate grab for cash no agree it's their job. I wouldn't expect podcasts or TV to suspend advertising, but it's got to be tasteful and genuine. Genuine. Thanks for the podcast uh, understanding. I do think podcasts are more akin to traditional media because uh, they operate on like a CPM model and um, it's just kind of like radio. It's a it's like a industry that operates in an old school ma manner, despite being a fairly new form of media. I work in advertising for a huge Fortune 500 company that has cut 100 percent of advertising dollars for the current quarter on a major line of their business. If an influencer can still get paid to post during this time, it's their livelihood and I don't fault them. Yeah, that's what I, I agree. I'm shocked when that um, people have uh, the, the, some of these brands have as much money as they do. Sponsor content for travel stuff like luggage and beach related stuff bothers me, probably because the beaches will likely be closed this summer and I have and I have no outdoor area or pool. Same. I don't see myself lounging around the house with a bathing suit on. Why? I also don't see myself buying work clothes or going out outfits. Um. Also, I live in Massachusetts and the mail packages have been difficult given the limited crew that's on. So I'm weary of buying stuff online right now, but obviously it may depend on location. I had a, I had a travel contract early on in the quarantine that I, that I was like, oh, God. Uh, but I think that's what what that's the thing with the benefit of the doubt. It's like, I just hope you guys know me enough by now with years and hundreds of episodes. I just am never trying to pull a fast one on you. And there's usually a reason why I'm doing something. And if you want to know, ask. I'll happily tell you. Uh, SponCon is fine. Swipe ups for cleaning products and masks are a no. Obviously, this is how influencers make their money. Ads are still running in papers and online. What's the difference? The difference is that ad influencers have an ad attached to their entire identity in such a deep way. I just also think we can't expect life to stop for people. We're still buying things, necessities at the very least. I think it's pretty funny when people are DMing bloggers saying, how could you post during a pandemic? Or do you think it's appropriate to post in a pandemic? But like, we're still looking at Instagram. If you want to pick on bloggers for what they're doing in a pandemic, what are, what are you doing following them in a pandemic? I think the question could be flipped to the audience. The fact is, life still moves on. And as the followers, we can decide what we want to consume. We don't have to keep following people who we find offensive. I wonder if you're a blogger. That was a bloggery answer. Um, I don't disagree with you. But that that's inc incredibly balanced for a person that is not affiliated with blogging. <laughs> uh, Haha, damn it. I don't know, but it feels a little icky for some reason. I just can't articulate it. That's how I feel half the time. I'm like, why am I annoyed by this? Um, it's probably a hybrid of me being jealous, a little grossed out by consumerism, and I don't know, 
maybe I already kind of just don't like something about you and I'm <laughs> being an asshole. Okay. Okay, last one on this. I think this person might be in healthcare. That's what I've been looking for. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. So many thoughts. Are you DJ Tanner? She always used to say, oh, my Lanta. Of course, you should have sponsored content. Influencers have to pay bills, too. I've worked throughout this virus in the hospital. It's scary. It's so uncertain to have worked with critical patients since 2012, and we have never, ever seen anything like this. So, yes, I need an influencer to acknowledge it, but I also want an escape, and I don't mean acknowledge it by showing us peasants, <laughs> showing us peasants what it's like to have readily available access to testing through connections. Yeah. Honest. Do uh, you want honesty on the rough days, but still being uplifting because that's what we need both also saying that that oh that people need to handle the virus respectfully respect for the seriousness of it for other safety and for emotional and financial hardships every person is facing seriously I could go on forever if i was in the bahamas quarantining i would be radio silent me too <laughs> me too omission like we don't have to say everything it's like for some people i'm like Okay, it's one thing to do something wrong, but it's a whole other thing to just be like so unaware that what you're posting is off-putting. Like, just don't post it. If you're going to do it, just don't post it. If you're on the fence, don't post it. If you want to try out, you, you want to, you know, take a stab at some stand-up with some risky off-color humor, don't post it. <laughs> I just like, oh gosh. Uh, she also said, yeah, if I was in the Bahamas quarantining, I would be radio silent. No cheeky bikini pics, no clapbacks, nothing. I don't even care about good publicity versus bad publicity versus publicity is publicity debate. I would care that I was being an inconsiderate human to the entire world. You don't have to stay at your apartment alone forever. I don't even fault people that safely went to their parents or significant others' home. It's a scary, unprecedented time. Do what makes you feel emotionally stable as long as you take other safety into account. That, to me, does not include going to another country where they do not have near the resources or medical care we have. It's absolutely unacceptable. Are you talking about the Cavallari Cutlers? No way around it. It's inconsiderate to flash your vacation when we are supposed to be home and to the millions of people that feel trapped and scared and it's just wrong to use up resources on an island. I agree. To feel the same to city people that fled to small towns. Oh, she feels the same about city people that fled to small towns or lake houses or their beach houses. Using up those towns already limited resources. Bring your own groceries. That's just rude. Okay, I'll stop now. I appreciate your input. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm sure a lot of you guys do work on the front lines, but maybe you weren't caveating that. But I just like want to make sure I'm under. It's like one thing to be us consumers. And I'm sure you're dying when we're all bored or we're all like spending our time caring what influencers are doing. But I appreciate that you uh, like think it matters, too, and that I'm not crazy for like reading so much into this. Uh, sorry, I'm starting to mumble <laughs> when I'm re when I'm reading. I mumble. Uh, yeah, you guys are smart. You get it. Um, I think I was seeing so much complaining about SpawnCon. I was like, is it the, just a, a function of the content? And are people still really just not understanding this ad model? Or is it just based on who it is? And like a lot of this is similar in terms of a balance that I said earlier. Um, but people don't like what's happening roped into ads. Um like turning something like jewelry into somehow like what you need to stay home another month. It's like ingenuinely looping it in, disingenuinely looping it in with something related to the quarantine just doesn't feel right. Um, I mean, honestly, people are pretty supportive. It's just it's about price point. It's about usability at this time. Yeah. Don't don't use the pandemic to promote products. Don't do swipe up after swipe up for people that can't of things you can't wear now or use now be mindful of price point like if things are hundreds of dollars like what are you doing 
Um, it doesn't hurt to explain that it's your livelihood, but like not an excess. Yeah, just, you know, telling people the, the timing isn't great, like just goes a long way. I think it's much more simple than maybe we even realize. My next question was, how do you feel about loop giveaways? 85.5% of people do not like them. 13.9% don't care. Wait, I, this sliver is so small, I can't even click on it. Yeah, I don't know what percentage this is. It's less than a, wait, 85.5 plus 13.9. Yeah, I mean, it's less than a percent. So why are you doing them? Like, these are do everything for you and nothing for anyone else. And I know you think you're helping, but you're like, to give, if you have 500,000 followers and you, one person gets something, like, wow, that's so exciting. Like, no, it's it's benefiting nobody but you and stop trying to spin it otherwise. I have no tolerance for loop giveaways. When they were like super hot in like 2014, 2015, I did, I think I did two of them. I'll talk about this in the next episode. And my experience with like follower fake inflation and loss, I think I get enraged because like I won't do them now because at the time like growth hacking was really popular and I don't think I really understood. But in niche audiences, like I was just doing the doormat. So it wasn't for my influencer persona. It was like, you know, get to know these handmade businesses. And I think in niche categories, I actually don't hate loop giveaways, but I won't do them because it really screws you over uh, in terms of how your growth looks. And that's why people get addicted to them is because it's it's so it's such a fake inflation of followers. And then you lose so many afterwards. You almost have to keep doing them to keep this like nominal floater on top. And it's just like such bullshit. And I hate them. But I'll also tell you like what I've the things I've tried before to be honest with you, it's just like most of them don't work. And now I just see it so differently because now people are pricing their followings in ways they just didn't used to be. I mean, this is like an overwhelming majority. I'll just tell you some of the sentiments about how people feel about loop giveaways. Please listen to this if you're out there. They're a scam on par with MLMs. They're annoying and fake. They make me lose respect for people. I hate them. So fucking stupid. Don't want to follow people whose content I don't genuinely like. Why do I have to follow a million accounts if you really want to help people do one smaller giveaway? They're obnoxious. Agree. So annoying I tap right on through. The fact that they can throw around two to $5,000 per influencer giveaway is a lot. I feel like they're capitalizing on the fact that people need the money right now to win one of these cash giveaways, and they know people will follow because of that. It feels gross. Just follow these 52 people. No thanks. Seems ingenuous. So obnoxious. Super annoying. So annoying. Insulting. Offensive. I view them as I view the lotto or any sweeps. One person out of a thousand wins. If you want to try your luck and are willing to follow 20 people, why not? I personally don't do them because they're too much effort, but I don't think they're necessarily evil. Agree. It's like... It's not illegal. And I, it's like a lot of people do them that I like, but I just don't get why. I don't get why. If other people want to cheat and cut corners, let them. I think just as a human being, you have to be okay with people getting ahead that are going to cut corners and it's going to frustrate you. But I just, I always hope like quality rises to the top over quantity and popularity, though maybe that's too idealistic. I just think that there's a lot of different ways you can compare yourself and try to keep up with other people. But like, what does it matter if you don't have your integrity? You know, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what are you fought for? Don't mind follow five to eight people. Slide a slider will send you a large cash sum. They're spammy. Seems needy. Thirsty, pathetic, disingenuous. Cheap play. Absolute worst. So annoying. Fake. This person gets sucked in. She always ends up following 30 random influencers and obviously I never win, but I can't not take a chance to win $5,000 or whatever, especially these days when our income stream is down. I hate realizing like three weeks later that I'm still following one or two of them. I usually try to unfollow as soon as it's over. I usually start unfollow. I start following influencers because I'm legitimately interested in their life and story. 
like Carly or the Scalas, but it's really hard for me to connect as a person that I found in a loop giveaway. I agree. I'm smarter than falling for that. Yeah, people being treated like you're stupid. I'm not following your 15 best girlfriends. Um, yeah. I mean, guys, this, I don't know if you're out there and you do these, like, just not like people, this is, again, it's like that thing of like, if you're willing to lose people's trust, fine. But the people participating, like, they want to play their odds because they're probably in the situation you're describing and they might need it. But the odds are really slim and the ask is kind of high labor and the outcome isn't great with people maintaining the following. And beyond that, it makes people disengage from you. They're like chain letters. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. When a blogger influencer I'm new to following and really like share the loop giveaway, I lose respect for them. They're so cringy. Lord, I can't wait to hear the answers for this one. I despise loop giveaways. However, much I want that damn Peloton. It's not worth it for me to follow 18 new bloggers for seven torturous days, all peddling the same products. Was Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> Pedaling for pedals. Uh, you know what I want to do is I want to put this into a word cloud. <gasps> I love a word cloud. Wow. A metaphorical word cloud. A silver lining and otherwise cumulonimbus level shitstorm. <sighs> Data visualization is a real delight. I think you guys get the drill with this one. It's the same blonde girl look with extensions and too much four-hour express tan. I love paradise tan and a white kitchen talking in a baby voice, trying to be relatable, promoting likes, hoping to get a kickback to pay off their Range Rover. You know, I've been trying to read the ones that aren't that specific, but I also can't deny when something's on the nose. <laughs> See, guys, I'm not above. I'm not above you. Trust me, I had so much fun reading these. Um, and also, what's funny is most of you guys, I'd say 90% of people, like, didn't call anybody out uh for like the for the worse like the people and the people i mentioned are representative of like a handful of people that probably said the same thing next question was have you been unhappy with the behavior of someone you followed during covid19 yes i've been unhappy with some influencers behavior no i've been fine with all of the content choices of the influencers i follow um 76.3 percent said yes i've been unhappy with some of the influencers behavior 23.4 said no a small margin of people said something else because I, very early on in the survey, I had an accidental third option. Again, not a great survey design. Okay. The reason I asked that is because I wanted to know. What I was trying to get out here is like, okay, if people mess up, like, how much do you care? Do you, like, immediately unfollow? Like, is this COVID-19 stuff, like, the last straw? And it kind of doom and gloom end of the influencer type articles are just like jesus like people really want to see this industry taken down and maybe this like global health crisis is the thing that if people don't take seriously is like the straw that you know will break the camel's back um spoiler alert it's not because even though over 75 percent of you are have been unhappy with some influencers behavior over half of you said you did not unfollow some of the people that you're unhappy with at least 15.4% said you did not unfollow the people you were unhappy with. 36.3% said some, but not all. Total that gives a slight majority share over the 48.3 people that said yes. I still think it's interesting that over even like that over half would say like they just didn't follow everybody that they're unhappy with. And I wanted to know why. So I said after being frustrated with an influencer's behavior, why wouldn't you unfollow them? I put in four options that I thought were feasible to get like a general idea, but I knew there was going to be so many different thoughts. And I, so there's an other that's filled with them. But from the ones I said, 
39.2% said the drama is entertaining and I want to see what happens next. It's kind of like the snark, you know, follow. Next closest one was 24.1% said everyone makes mistakes like their content otherwise. 9.6% said I'm lazy. 12.5% said all of the above. It's kind of... it's kind of like an even split. The majority went to the dramas entertaining and I want to see what happens next, which is just kind of a funny conundrum of like, uh, you know, indulging in people screwing up and also raging and trying to cancel them is kind of this weird conflict of interest that I don't totally know how to navigate or feel about um, because we're the ones crusading, but also keeping them afloat. You know, it's like, I'm really bad at unfollowing, but you're also like casting a vote for the influencer world you want to live in and contributing to the way that they're able to monetize their audience. So it's just interesting. Um, But like, did I, I unfollowed Ariel. That might be the only one, if I'm honest. I think I've unfollowed We Were What. <laughs> that might have been a while ago. If you guys haven't yet, just like make sure you go and follow that egg that like two years ago went viral for like being more followed than Kylie Jenner. Like, we, I don't need that egg in my life. Honestly, I don't like, I don't even know who I follow. Like, I, I click it for, like, anything and everything. I'm like, mm, that taco looks good. You know, I, I'm not very discerning. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know how, how to feel about the, the drama's entertaining, and I want to see what happens next. Like, like I get it. That's It's just, like, who we are. And I, I do it, too, and I can't help it. But to if it makes you feel better for some of the nuanced answers, I think a lot of people were like, doing one thing wrong doesn't mean you're all bad i want to wait till see if the quarantine's over like i all enjoy their content again the times we're in right now is making me see this differently but i'll snap out of it like i normally like what they're doing they just haven't handled this well people are this is the thing guys i think you need to know people are willing to give you the benefit of the doubt it doesn't mean they might not complain about you to friends or in forums but you i think you have to fuck up a lot for people to be pushed over the edge I think you have to be pretty self-unaware and lack balance in an extreme way to to really lose people. And I think you have to be pay attention to those little moments, you know, like making people only feel like they're a transaction for you to make a buck, making people feel like you have no awareness of what's going on in the world, making them feel like they're not good enough or their size is something that relative to yours is something they should feel one way about. Like, I think it's like pretty obvious what you steer clear from. Say a lot of you guys mute people, which I think is an option people really do forget about. Like you don't have to unfollow, but you can temporarily like not see what they're up to, which I definitely do if I'm just like not in the mood. Um, so a lot of people are like I'm literally just bored. You know what? I appreciate you. It's just not that serious, and I know I'm making it so serious. Okay, now to the more fun part. I need to figure out what to do with all this. Anyways. Um, I want to tell you who everyone's loving and I will make a list. And if I don't share it tonight, when I have time, I'll put it together in a more comprehensive, uh, list or tag. Cause I can only tag up to 10 people in my stories. Right. Um, Grace Atwood, if you're out there, I just need you to know, like, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to send you like, I should just send you an Excel file of (laughs) the number of people that said you at Grace Atwood great blogger great person great friend uh is doing a very good job of being uh forthcoming and honest still man managing her livelihood still paying the bills yet being uh transparent about the reality of like being single being isolated her family's not that far is complying with the rules but not 
without frustration like we all feel, but still doing the right thing and um, just providing a balance and relatability in all the right ways. I know this isn't something you want to crush and you probably don't even care because like it's not about that, right? Like I, I want to reward, I want to call people out that are doing a great job. And I just want you to know and all of you to know that so many people are so appreciative of her content. And as a person like who has a lot of people I love that are single and alone and that I'm like, I worry about them. I just like, I appreciate when people like you, Jessica Sturdy, um, Merritt Beck, like you guys showing how you're spending the time and maintaining positivity and but having your moments as single people, I think is so important. Um, and I just, for people's mental health, I just like anything that makes people feel less alone and people that look up to you and think you lead these glamorous lives, seeing that you're just as affected as anybody else is like, it's so important. And you're helping a lot of people get through and I love you for it. Um, you know, it's hard to not read these as like, we didn't start the fire. Cause I just want to be like, Grace Atwood, Ashley Spivey, Carly Kelly in the city, Lindsay and co Grace Atwood hit the police who I won't do that to you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read off just a handful of like the people that were mentioned countless times. Um, and then I'll make a list. I'll make like an X, maybe I'll make an Excel doc that I'll just link to people's handles like is that easier because i can only tag up to 10 in my stories this is tricky it just doesn't seem like a good use of time to like reel off handles for like 20 minutes um but there's pretty consistent common ones the other thing too is like i the majority of people that took this are in my facebook group or follow my instagram so the people that i love and that are my friends and that are friends of the podcast they love too and i love that about you so a lot of these are biased to maybe my network but and i swear i'm not making this up this is what people said the most so Obviously, some are close friends, and I'm glad that you value them because I certainly do too. My two picks, if you want my opinion, of just like two people that you might not might not be on your radar, Jessica Yellen is a uh, incredible provider of she calls it news without the noise. I get all my COVID nineteen news from her. Y e l l i n is her last name, um, and I also love. There's an account she's great on TikTok too, Melissa Fit. I met her because I was on her and her sister Erica's podcast. And she's a ray of human sunshine. She makes me not scared to be a mother. She just, she isn't like manufactured or cheesy or try hard. She just like is a positive, nice person that cares about like fitness and loves being a mom. And like, it's so genuine. It's not off-putting. And I just can't explain. I just think she is an absolute freaking delight and a, a sunny part of the internet. But it should be no surprise that a lot of friends of the pod got, uh, were called out the most. So... Grace Atwood, Jessica Sturdy, Merritt Beck, um, Ashley Spivey, Heather McMahon, Becca Freeman, Kelly in the City. Everyone, the Sony people said Kelly in the City, and I don't know her. I've never met her, but she's in Chicago, and uh, apparently she's doing an awesome job, and I think she's maybe related to a doctor. I feel like somebody told me that. So she's providing really great information and taking it very seriously, and um, love that as a good example. You guys love Jen Lake, so do I. The Popcast crew, Jamie Golden, Knox McCoy, Aaron Moon. Again, I'll, I'll like, I'll, I don't know if me reeling off handles. I don't know if this is confusing. I'll, I'll do an Excel document. Um, what Kate finds, Lakeshore Lady, Lemon Stripes. Some of you guys put the handles, and I don't know their names, so <laughs> this is really confusing altogether. But hey, at least I'm call it. I just want to call out the the good that's being done. Uh, Julia. Formerly H. Angle, it looked like Hangle, but she did change. She made the big shift to Julia Barrelsheimer amidst quarantine. Uh, love her. Didn't she give like 100% of proceeds of her Mommy Me collection? 
to baby to baby or something. I don't know. She's what a doll. Um, oh, the girls got to eat. My God, Brenna Greenberg, Ashley Hesseltine. They have been. They have like so stepped up and like facilitated shit for frontline workers, and they are awesome. And like, I don't know. They just crush it in so many ways. Those are definitely people that got a lot. There's others. Uh, like, okay, I'm just gonna go through the list. Do you guys care? Are you here? Are you fine? I'm just gonna go through the list and read some of the color commentary, and then we'll. I'll let you go. Make an Excel spreadsheet. I'll get the next episode up as soon as I can. And I will be right with the world. And I will feel less anxious because I just feel bad when I do that. When these are late. A lot of Tybo. A lot of the sister studio. Sorry, Tybo is things I bought and liked. Things period, I period, bought period, and period, liked period. No, no period after liked. She's awesome. Um, Jess Keys. She's in Chicago. Love her. Uh, more Ash Hess, more girls gotta eat, love, 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 rambling redhead, Megan Dono, Aaron Fortin Photo, Danielle Bernstein. Isn't the same one as who we were what? Is she doing a good job? Maybe she is. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been following. Um, you know, bless her heart. She had a book come out. I heard it was interesting. Tina Marie Clark, Marissa Woodhealth, poor little it girl, Kelsey Light. Uh, Megan Donovan, Lindsay and Co. Again, Madeline Moves, Bethany Frankel, Abby, Deli Pen- Danny Pellegrino, Love, Listen to His Bonus Episode, Greg Bennett, Broke Millennial, Financial Diet, The Financial Diet, I like them too, The Muse, More What Kate Finds, Lake Shore Lady, Everything Erica, Jenna Calgrove, um, More Sister Studio, Miss Southern, Mrs. Southern Social, The Rambling Redhead, uh, Jordan Page, um, she had an interesting thing happen at the beginning, I will say, with her. Uh, look it up. I'm sure it's on Reddit. Went to her cabin. There's like a whole thing. But she is offering like her programs for free, which I'm into. And like, she has so many kids. Looks great. Full of energy. I hugely admire whatever she's got going on because I don't have a 16th of it. Katie Storino, prepping your steps, Southern Curls and Pearls, her.atlas. Okay, we were what? She's done a nice job of donating and helping out. Okay, good for you, Danielle. That's awesome. Uh, more Merritt Beck, Jackie Schimmel, Tara, Taylor Strecker, uh, Maddie Gutierrez, Kiara Faragni. Oh my God, love her so much. She's like right. She's like funding hospitals. Nesting with Grace, Young House Love. Um, let's see more Jess Sturdy, more Liz Adams. This person said she did a good job of owning up to that. She shouldn't have gone to her cabin. Did I miss that? I'm not going to lie. I think my influencer consumption content in general just goes down quite a bit uh, when I'm like not in the mood. So I feel like I'm a lot of these people. So a, mo- a lot of them I don't know because I maybe don't follow them any influencers. But now I will. Also, apologies if any of these people like aren't do you know, don't you don't think they're worthy of a shout out. I just have no way of knowing. And I just want to tell people who you were talking about. More Ashley Spivey. More Hitha. Love them. Lemon Stripes. Alicia. Ramos, Danielle Moss, Carly Heitlinger, at Mommy Shorts. A lot of for Lindsay and Co. She's a PA and her husband is an ER doc who had COVID. She does a great job talking about everything without being dramatic. That's awesome. Thanks for telling me. Um, Mariana Hewitt, Pretty in the Pine, Champagne Getaway, Skinny Hangover. I'm loving these names, guys, just in general. Uh, uh, so people, when people, some people, most people didn't provide commentary, but I'm reading more people did. It's not my commentary. Um, love this. At Jessica Rose Sturdy, who you know I love, has been sharing her real days, how she's staying sane in an apartment in Chicago alone, has been putting together gift bags for people. I agree. I love 
that she did that. She's been really going out of her way to try to brighten people's day. Um, Jen Lake, Kate from All the Small Things blog. Happy Go Curly, love her. Kathleen Barnes, love her. I mean, I love her. I mean, I love everyone, but I just don't follow everyone. Um, Brighton Keller, more Carly, more Kelly in the city. She her it says her brother's an ER doc and Nolan has been donating proceeds of sponsored posts, posting mass selfies of healthcare work, worker followers, etc. That's awesome. Bernie Xavier using her 3D printer to make masks more comfortable and sending them to HCPs for free. Uh, she thinks I oh yeah. I did share her. I like her. I think she does a really good job making content, and I really like her story. Um, more Ashley Spivey. Colton and Cassie of Bachelor fame. Didn't see that coming. Didn't he have it? I thought he was kind of irresponsible. Maybe not. I shouldn't say things. More Birds Papaya. Kate Hansen. Healthy Living with Ash. Paige Parcell. Jackie Schimmel. Potentially unpopular opinion. Oh, I disagree. People love Jackie Schimmel. Uh... Serena Wolf, The Defined Dish, Allie Trout, Melissa Urban, Andy Dorfman, Everyday Pursuits, Modern Savvy, CM Coving for her easy recipes. Somebody said Emily Giffen author, and I want to support you, but her tirade against Meghan Markle's is, I don't know, guys. I'm just like, when Meghan Markle can't win, it's not that I'm a blind Meghan Markle fan. It's that I blindly can't support people who put pigeonhole women into these sexist tropes that women who are are strong and dynamic have opinions who take risks who i don't know i actually tweeted about it earlier what did i say i'm like let me remind myself how i feel because i'm brain dead um i just said it's disappointing to see public figures like megan pigeonholed into sexist tropes that oversimplify and undermine a woman's complexities in favor of the controlling attention seeking and manipulative narrative that's unfairly forced upon strong outspoken women all the time I'm tired of women that have brains and that want to, like, change things for the better and want to step out and, like, actually do something that's not going along with the status quo. We talked about status quo versus excellence earlier. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry she's not falling in line with the most antiquated organization in the entire world that is riddled with problems and the people that are backing Prince Andrew. But, like, maybe she's not the one who's wrong. And maybe her husband isn't listless and actually respects his wife's opinion and takes it into account and actually made moves because he reveres her and isn't just like bending over and helpless like should he be the are you suggesting he's the only one that should be allowed to make the calls like what are you talking about fuck off i'm sorry i get so annoyed i'm not here for emily giffen right now uh i like something borrowed (laughs) oh i love brad bucks oh people okay some celebrities jenny mullen Kristen bell jenny mullen hates tiktok though Brad Bucks is a is 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 a pure joy, pure joy is a bright spot. Him him making coffee for Gary. At Fox and she. Brand, Elaine drew her own Disney coloring sheets and is giving them away. Love that Carly E Wiesel posted a full spreadsheet of resources for literally everything and anything to do with not being allowed out. That's awesome. Okay, I talked to Courtney. We're making an Excel spreadsheet of all of the handles I listed off, the ones I didn't. You know, it's just like doesn't make sense for me to. <laughs> it, 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 the, the more productive thing would be to, like, give you something that's a direct click through. Uh, so anyways, I hope this was enjoyable. I just had a feeling self-conscious about this being a little boring. Uh, so stay tuned for some more of my input on influence. I already recorded it. I just need to figure out how to make it make sense because it used to be before this piece. but. 
I, I hate I, I hate that about myself is that I do like lead ups and never get to the actual thing sometimes. So I'm trying to improve based on feedback. And, um, you know, I just I hope this doesn't make anybody feel like it's a lost cause. I think that most people that are listening to this, like you're fine. I think that it's just there's a lot of people that royally screwed up and that never take accountability that are just doing greedy money and follower grabs. And it's like so obvious. And I just get, I'm assuming that's not you if you're even open to this feedback. There's just a lot of ways you can't win and you will be judged at a cursory glance. And I think if you stayed at home and follow the rules and use your platform to serve as an example of an average person just trying to figure this out, regardless of how perfectly you've done it, I think that's what we need. There's no such thing as perfection. Um, and I second guess everything I do. And I literally, I feel like I, I just feel like anybody on the, in a public platform, I, I don't know, maybe I'm high anxious, maybe I'm high anxiety and need to listen to these CBD hawkers. I mean, I take CBD, but it's, I don't really think it's that revolutionary. Um, <clears throat> relatively like a Xanax, but um, I think that we all feel like we're on the cusp of cancellation at all times. Like, I'm just so worried that I'll say or do something. And like, I just think sometimes we act out of a place of that fear and are also come across insincere sometimes when we're just trying to, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you weren't clear on loop giveaways, appearing to be a greedy scam, make people lose respect for you. People hate them. They make us feel like you think we're stupid. Just like stop trying to cut quarters and cheat. It's lame enough pudding. Um, and yeah, it's not the time for risky humor. In your history of problematic behavior does matter. Um, if, 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 you know, you, the whole point of influence, being an influencer, is like you build up equity. You do a lot of ancillary activities. It's not just about making a buck. You try to be the employee going above and beyond on just merely meeting the average. And people will, people that follow and love you that are devoted and not just like, hate followers or loop giveaway followers or whatever are invested and will probably give you the benefit of the doubt. And I, it's, there's a line in the show euphoria. It's like 10 people on the internet feels like 10,000. I think we do have to make sure that we're being mindful that sometimes the hate is louder. The, the auto, the volume is turned up higher of the hate, but the volume quantity wise of love is much higher. And I think we need to really be like, does everyone hate this? Does everyone matter? Did I get four scathing DMS that are projecting, making me project on hundreds of thousands of people? Because trust me, when I say scathing DMs derail my night and I've had to stop reading before bed. Um, and I just think like price point matters, functionality matters, usability matters. If your life was already aspirational, it was already nice and it's in the background, that's fine. But pointing it out is just really bumming people out. It's, it's just like wait a minute till we're, you know, returned a little bit to normal times to like show off the things that are obviously very expensive. Maybe. I don't know. I don't really care, honestly. I'm not like that mad at anybody that's not spreading bad health advice. I'm not really that affected. I just kind of like will roll my eyes and move on. It's it's not that deep. But for people that are having serious mental health issues that are alone in isolation, that are on that front lines, like there's people in dire situations and you have to keep in mind that they might have a strong reaction and that's okay too. You don't get to control how people react to you. Um, but yeah, as dumb as it sounds, be yourself. I don't know. I always feel like complaining is I don't want to complain, but sometimes when I want to complain, I actually, tr I do. Like I've learned that it's less about some, it's important to be uh, like in tune and mindful of your audience's situation. But I also think that it's important for you to be natural in the way you're feeling. Like I know I complained at the beginning of the episode, but I'm like I'm having a bad week and I'm still in a bad mood and it is what it is. And that's just how I feel this week. And I know people, other people get in bad moods too. And while I wanted to record this 5,000 times, I'm just going to leave it and hope for the best. Um, so it's just maybe better to like listen to your instincts because if people follow you, it's because you're you, right? 
Um, so anyways, yeah, please no tagging. If I talked about anybody for the love of God, I'm just, a lot of you guys are like tagging me and people I talk about in my stories. I'm like, are you kidding? Are you insane? There's this podcast I love, Bitch Sesh, that's about the housewives. And they're always like, no tagging. Louder for those in the back. Like, if you want me to be able to talk freely, then like, please stop tagging people. Because then they reach out to me and it's uncomfortable. And it's not that like, I don't want to be called out for talking about people. It's just like, there's nothing really I can say or do. Um, like, what do you want me to delete the episode? I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like I try to be tactful and. I just get annoyed. Um, okay, so stay tuned for the next app. I'm going to talk about why I think people don't like influencers, how much I've made off of like affiliate links, what I do and don't consider one, how I, how I, what I've learned about influencer pricing, um, and just kind of talk about more influencer theory if you're here for it because I've already recorded it and I don't know. I was a little iffy on that part because I don't want to seem like a know-it-all, but I just like live to talk about these things and I have so many thoughts and I think you guys do and it's a fun topic. So we'll get that up when I can. I know I always say that, but what I'm basically what I'm trying to do is prioritize what I have done. And if it goes over a certain time period, it's like, okay, the priority shouldn't be editing this like ginormous episode. It should be like piecemeal uploading it so you can enjoy it. And then, you know, we'll get done. We can get done. So, um, that will end up being the third ancillary piece that isn't uh, sponsored. And it's just kind of a bonus. So, okay, I love you. Support Liquid IV. Patreon.com slash be there in five if you want to be on the PowerPoint party on Saturday. I know it might not seem fair that it's like Facebook group or Patreon and like one's free, but it's not, that's not really the point. It's just like keeping it in a small group. And um, also like it's a little, it's a kind of a funny thing of like people getting mad to not want to pay for content you know it's like well i get it and and we're working on the facebook group and just letting people in slowly and keeping it small but um i'm not trying to trick anybody into paying me money but it takes you know it's it's uh what we do on saturday nights and i think you understand that i want to reward the people that are paid subscribers because they're literally funding me the next two months um as i kind of try to weather through a weird time in my with my job too and uh it's just important to me that uh, it's like special and that we have people that are really engaged and um, I don't know, it's been like really meaningful and cool to meet people and have them present and to like flip the script and I've just been really enjoying it. So if you want to join, you can. It's the easiest way is through Patreon if you're not already in the Facebook group. There's a link in the episode notes, but it's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash be there in five. And yeah, I hope you understand why I keep it tight. I want people to be able to give a hot take and not have the general public have access to it you know but yeah just an update we are slowly but surely letting people in the facebook group i get a lot of questions about that it's not personal it's just takes a while uh there's just a lot of people i've been talking to my friends who have podcasts too and they're experiencing the same issues i am everything's very intensified in covid19 i'm just being a little bit more careful than usual and i think i get defensive because i'm just like really grateful that other people help me manage it and i just don't want them to ever feel badly or like not feel like i don't know it's just like I think a, a lot of what you guys like about it, you don't realize it's not because it's because it's managed closely um, and it it does get messy sometimes and we don't do it perfectly. And I let things slide all the time. It really depends on my mood and it's highly subjective. But like, you know, just, you know, if you could go easy on us, <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Above all else, like if, if this community means something to you, if this podcast means something to you, I just hope I have your respect and you trust my judgment. And yeah, thank you in advance. You guys are awesome. I think the next episode's a bit more upbeat. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And I hope people, you know, maybe didn't learn anything revolutionary, but at least we got it off our chest. I thought everybody was like super productive and awesome and respectful in their responses. And you guys are just incredible for always being so uh, generous with your input. I'm so, so grateful for you. I really am. I'll add you to my gratitude sheet with the cream soda. (laughs) Lucky you. (laughs) Okay, guys. I'm just going to play the part of the um, Beyonce did like an outstanding, impeccable chef's kiss. Can't even say enough words about it. Cover, not cover, remix of Megan Thee Stallion Savage. Very popular song. Obviously very huge on TikTok. And I just think her verses are unbelievable. Goosebump status. The one about her mom, Tina, just obsessed. It's going to put me in an instant good mood. And I hope it does for you, too. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. I love you so much. Thanks for your patience. As always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. You don't jump to put jeans on, baby. You don't feel my pain. Please don't give me hype. Write my name in ice. Can't argue with these lazy bitches. I just raise my price. I'm a boss. I'm a leader. I pull up in my two-seater. And my mama was a savage. Nigga got this shit from Tina. I'm a savage.